G'day, War Stompers. AOS Coach here, and we are talking all things Sons of Behemoth. I do wonder if this book's about to get updated. We've got a couple of destruction books coming. I did think, should I hold this off a little bit? Maybe it's Sons, maybe it's not. I'll get Robbie's perspective in a minute. But we are talking all things Sons of Behemoth. Um, I am joined by Robbie, a.k.a. Bear, from the Rerolling Ones crew, absolute friends of the channel. I think I've had most I've had most of Rerolling Ones on the channel now at least once. Jack's like a mainstay. But I wanted to talk about Sons and I've been up I've been doing a lot of updated talks lately and it's mostly because there's been new battle tomes or something significant has come in an FAQ. Something's happened in Sons that has sorry in the faction that has required an update. But Sons have had no updates. So just putting that on the table, nothing new really has come to Sons. But I wanted to have this conversation with Robbie because the army has fundamentally changed when it comes to the way it operates in the General's Handbook 2022 Season 1. We have Galenian veterans, we have Bonds of Battle, we have um, Bounty Hunters, and we have, um, what's it called, Proving Grounds. Right. Yeah. So you got a lot of things that have come up, and it seemed like initially – sons were kind of put on the back burner people went ah proving grounds i can't compete for an objective i'm not going to play them but i think that's a falsehood so i want to introduce my guest i have robbie aka bear re-rolling ones long time sons player you've been playing it for a while now g'day welcome introduce yourself hey thank you coach and how's it going y'all so like i said my name is robbie on the re-rolling ones channel and out in the tournament scene i do go by bear I've uh, been part of Rerolling Ones now for a really short amount of time, but a longtime friend of the guys on the channel, and uh, really, really happy to be here. Really glad to talk about Sons. They're probably my favorite army in terms of how they operate. Maybe not lore, maybe not aesthetics, but the actual, you know, pushing your models around and have, you know having to fly with something to a tournament. They're the best by far. Oh, they're so good flying i remember i'll never forget the day that i went to my first tournament with a four model army and i rock up to the tournament and game five i'm a, as fresh as game one and people are going through deployment and their super tactics with their screening and like all of their synergies and i'm like one model <laughs> one model one model and then my hero face is i'll get a command point here's a heroic action i'm done <laughs> like it's so liberating. I love you the know, faction. What's better than that is so everybody has their big army case and it's got magnets and they're all like they're inspecting everything. Like, oh, did, did it break? Is, is 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 the whip still good? Like, is it still on one piece? Do I have all my spears? And I carry a clear tote with a metal bottom to it and four models through the airport. And every single security person, all the random people that are walking by me in the airport, you see this very large bearded man carrying these four models in a plastic case and they're like what is that what 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 are those is that toys what are you carrying uh, and then you get to tell them too like oh yeah i do a youtube channel for these toys and i'm going to an entire tournament convention for these toys and uh the the flight attendants everybody i like i start counting like oh man I've made it, I've checked my bags, and I've already talked to six people. Uh, I've been, been invited to one wedding and two bachelor parties, but I've also explained that I, I have these models, and I did, in fact, paint them. So that's my favorite part. Oh, 
it's funny too because they always assume that it's a gun in a carry case it is a, a photography a drone and i'm like no it's not a drone no it's not a gun no it's not photography and like there's like these hundred things like this is what it is um but no look i i love this faction it's one of my absolute favorites um and it's funny because you've got so little models in the faction yet there's so many cool things you can do with it and i think i want to talk about it in the context of this particular general's handbook because as I mentioned, there is proving grounds. There is bounty hunters. Um, one of the things I absolutely love at the moment as well is the fact that there is no hunters of the heartland. There was nothing more devastating than you go up against a faction with hunters of the heartland, and I can't use monstrous rampages. That is one of the core things of my faction. So that's what today's going to be all about. Uh, Bear has shared a couple of his lists that we'll go through, but I kind of want to get your perspective of the faction and how it's currently playing in the current season. And hey, we got Kragnos. We got an incarnate of Gur. We got a couple of things to add to the faction that maybe they're good, maybe they're a trap. But before we get into that, what drew you to Sons? Like, what got you into playing the game? So, so what got me into this game was boredom uh, and being a redneck that just needed something to do when it got dark outside. Uh, I had made a hobby out of remodeling my house and doing all these things. And I was like, man, it gets dark in Seattle really early. And I needed something to do. And I don't want to build model cars. And I, so I was in the Navy. I was a uh, nuclear operator on a submarine. So I was surrounded by nerds all day, every day. So they said, oh, play Magic the Gathering at this. And I was like, well, how much money do you spend? And they, they gave me the rundown. And I was like, well, it's cardboard. I don't, I don't understand. Like, yeah, you know, it sounds fun, but uh, let's get something tangible. And so I was like, I want to build models and I don't, I don't need cars or airplanes or Star Wars, but fantasy, like my dad was a huge fantasy nerd. He loved Tolkien. I love fantasy stuff. And it was kind of my skeleton in the closet that aside from deer hunting and duck hunting and all these things, I actually loved like World of Warcraft. And reading books like R.A. Salvatore and uh, a lot of my sailors, when they found that out, freaked out that I was this really big closet fantasy nerd. So my wife and I bought a bunch of models and we started painting it. And then I didn't have anyone to play with. So I hosted the first tournament in our local area, which is where I met Jack from Rerolling Ones. And uh, I had no idea how to play the game or how to run a tournament. Um, I had never played 40k or anything else, so I just kind of winged it. And you know, I don't really get my feelings hurt very easy, so what's the worst that could happen? And uh, it went well enough that 20 some people showed up as a tournament. It did not go that great because <laughs> I didn't realize that you have to choose battle plans for three rounds of an RTT. Uh, so in the last round, I said, Ah, just kill each other, you know, whoever's left standing after five rounds, you win, and uh, Jack completely uh tabled me on like turn two with his shoot cast because i played iron jaws and that's how we became friends and uh yeah it's been been a rivalry friendship ever since there's so a reason why he's called the guru of the shufu <laughs> uh, i got back at him though when uh the gav bomb came into play i was playing stormcast at the time and a friend of mine said hey what what if you take these like five ten evocators and did 20 like it was a joke. And I was like, I mean, yeah, why not? So I ran the the list of 20 evocators, 20 sequiturs, 
And uh, I came in, played Jack, I would say round two or three in a tournament. And uh, I got to chase him like a cartoon character all over the board, just zapping him with evocators and got my revenge. So uh, it's the rivalry's been going for years. And that's how we became such good friends. Um, fast forward, I, I didn't leave the hobby, but I got really busy with the Navy. And uh, when I was on my way out of the Navy, I wanted to start getting competitive, start getting back to tournaments. I wanted to go to my first LVO and things like that. And I was like, well, how do I get back in this game? And Gargans were good. You know, they had their, their day in the sunlight and they were four models. So I had a resin printer and I had paints and I was like, well, you know, four models. I can do this. Like I can make four models. And it was just my way of like dipping my toe back in the tournament scene. Cause if I lose, you know, I, I painted four models, uh, but then I didn't lose. You know, I, I think I went five and zero with a four mega list. I took them to LVO and got embarrassed uh, with them, but it was fun. And then after LVO, I went to pick my real army. Like I was going to be a real boy and pick something real. And I just never left Gargans. Uh, I played Cities of Sigmar. Uh, Gavin, if you're out there, I completely netlisted you after you won LVO. And then I got spanked. Like I went three and two and it was miserable because I don't think like you. I think like a four model player. Uh, and I went straight back to Gargans, you know, like going back to your original love, the prodigal son. And uh, I've been playing them ever since. I, I honestly... I had a whole Stormcast list for my next GT and Jack called me up and just like, you know, just like a brother, he was like, you know, you're the Gargant player, right? Like, you know, if you go Stormcast, like, what does that say about you? If you're just gonna, you know, tuck tail and, and go Stormcast. So uh, I redid my list and I've got, got something that I'm going to try the next GT that I don't think anybody else has tried, which is a crazy thing to say when you have four, model options in a book uh but win or lose is going to be fun it's going to be crazy and i'm i'm hoping that it, it does pretty well i mean technically we've got like kragnos incarnate and we do have the forge world gargan so we're we're now kind of technically at seven models technically true. yeah oh, that's true. We the, we the forge world guy though i it's kind of like the yeah the stepbrother like it's it's the poor man's uh gate gatebreaker. I'm like, why why would I not? There's no reason. I the I, I've said this in previous Gargant streams that before the battle tome came out, the old um the old Forge World Gargant used to have a six inch pile in, and I'm like, gatebreaker. Technically, a gatebreaker with six inch pile in. You got me. I'm sold. But they removed the six inch pile in, and I'm like, yeah, no. Nah, this is just the poor man's version of. The gatebreaker i'm just better off being a gatebreaker so i totally totally get that you know we are quite restrictive but it's also quite liberating I, that's probably one of the things that i absolutely love about gargants is that i don't have to worry about trying to look for these maximum synergies i don't have to worry about screening and magic and all of these things because i'm just not very good at it or i don't have access to it at all so i just build around my strengths and i do what i do and i do really well and it's liberating about you know like Oh, what spell do I try to unbind? Doesn't matter. I got no unbinds. I'm just gonna move forward. I, <laughs> I got I got 35 health. Start chipping. I'm I'm not gonna stop you. But at the same time, so a lot of the people that I've played in a lot of the GTs, uh, 
they're shocked. I mean, one, because I, I look like I do. Like, you, you don't think that I'm going to measure in math and, you know, think through my stuff. But you can't make mistakes. You 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 are not afforded the, oops, I went the wrong direction. Oops, I moved too far. I didn't move far enough. Like, the things that you are allowed to do in this game, whether it's spend CP, redeploy, whatever it is, your resources are very limited. So it leaves very small margin for error. And you know, a lot of people, a lot of jokes are out there that say like, oh, I'm just going to move forward and stand on the point. You can't do that. You could do that if you want a garage hammer. You can do that if you're okay with two and three or three and two. You know, There are games out there that you can stand still and win, but that's that's not tournament play. So you really actually have to think through the devices that you do have, the resources that you do have. I always found that um, Gargans is almost counterintuitive because you look at the faction. If you're new to the faction, um, you, you might not have picked this up yet. If you've been playing them for a while, you might already know this. But you look at a Gargan, and the first thing you think about is running forward. You're like, right, I am essentially Iron Jaws. I'm going to run forward. I'm going to crash into things. I'm going to start swinging my, my weapon, and I'm going to have a good time. When actually... Sometimes the best play is actually just to retreat, is to not engage in combat. Yeah. And and <clears throat> it, it, we talk about Age of Sigmar being a movement game in general. And Gargans are great, don't get me wrong. But often I find retreating, getting out of combat, just sitting on the center of an objective to stop people getting around, that is often the better play than trying to go for the charge, trying to get his super buffed up Gargant that's going to you know hit on twos, wound on twos, start swinging. Because it just does, it's not angels, they're not stone horns. Um, and when you come up against those factions, I usually find I crumble like I don't do traditionally very well against angels and um and uh ogre like stone horns because they're normally charging me and I mm -hmm. lose half my benefits because I can't stuff you in my pants, I can't do the mortal wounds on the charge. So, again, it's much more about movement, and, and you're right. Um, not getting punished for wrong play, putting yourself in the wrong spot. So a lot of cool things about Gargans that um, you kind of learn as you play. But one thing I do really want to get into is is the actual current season. So we're in Galette, Galet. Uh, we are in Gillette, the best the man can get. And we are playing in a couple of really interesting rules. So I mentioned at the top of the show, right, there is no Hunters of the Heartland. So that was right. a battalion that stopped... Um, two or two to three units from being wrought out. Maybe I'll break down, maybe we'll, we'll break down some of these. How have you found the new general's handbook when it comes to um, not having hunters and the impact to sons? So I honestly, I think it's different, but I don't think it's any less viable. Um, we lost all of the bouncy points that were on our head for, victory points in the battle scroll which was huge but at the same time so i was playing a certain game last ghp where you're a monster and you're all monsters so everything you do if you plan your battle tactics outright are going to get you extra points and every monster you kill which is killing monsters with kragnos or a gatebreaker is very easy uh you're getting extra points and you're racking up points and i could kind of get a nice lead and then coast i don't get that anymore I actually am I'm now playing the game from round one and I need a lot of the times my wins are coming later in the game as I'm 
starting to, you know, finish off people's armies and get much more offensive than I ever was in the last GHB. I'm now, you know, kind of pushing people off the objectives and kind of coming from behind for a win. Uh, proving grounds is annoying kind of in the game later in the game, because I like to go second, usually in round one, bring people to me. Um, so I get to pick it that round. If you get it like turn two, turn three, it can be annoying, but also if you've pushed people off of the objective and already started, you know, killing their Galatian veterans, you know, who cares? It can also be great because if I turn one, turn two, get onto the objective, push the veterans away, and then, you know, I lose priority. I say, okay, that thing that I'm standing on, that's a proving ground. You now need to find some way to take your battle line and put it next to my gatebreaker. That's on you. Good luck. Uh, so the it's just tools in a toolbox that aren't necessarily nerfing us. They're not necessarily boosting us. It's just a new game. It's a 100% new game that you got to play with the tools. A lot of people saw that and just threw the Gargans away, if I'm honest. Like, if I look at the online chatter and people who used to play Suns, and even, like, as I'm looking at tournament results at the moment, there's not nearly as many Suns factions curring, coming up in tournaments than there used to be. And I think part of that is to do with the fact that the Proving Ground will stop you. So if you go second in any of the battle rounds, you get to choose one of the objectives to be the Proving Ground, which means only Gladian veterans will be able to score. It's an optional thing. Um, if you go second, you don't have to choose the one of the objectives. But I know from a son's point of view, people were just like, oh, wait a second. You're telling me that I could have a Gargan on the objective and I've only got potentially four models and you're telling me I can't score on that? That sounds like it's a massive nerf. But you made a good point as well. The, the hunt is gone. So the hunt was a thing where if a, a Mega Gargan, like a Gatebreaker died, you gave away, away an extra two victory points in addition to the extra one for killing yeah. a monster. So so we're not giving away victory points, which is a really handy thing. Um, we were getting punished in the late game. like Because I used to run a double gatebreaker list. Sometimes I even ran three gatebreakers, like three gatebreakers and a kraken eater. Uh, oh, no, 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 no. It was two gatebreakers, two, two war stompers. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. One of my other lists was two gatebreakers, a kraken eater, and um and and the cron spine was that was what i was there thinking about yeah. which is essentially like another gatebreaker but yeah you're not giving away those victory points which is really really helpful um what about some of the other things right so we got we talked about proving ground um what about things like gaze of Gur? so that's been clarified now it's not a it's not a um it's the spell that, that halves the, the the models on the objective. That's now just a, a normal spell, so it's not like an end of game thing. I was like some weird lack of clarity at one point. Have you found Gaze of Gur coming into play at all with your battles and people casting Gaze of Gur on you to reduce the amount of models on the objective and what that meant for you? Personally, I haven't seen it. Uh, I actually have not had a single game where somebody has cast that on one of my models. I don't know if people are. Just, you know, the ones that have casters, they have the things in their repertoire and they're like, this is what I need to do. I need to get rend. I need to get this. I need to get that. Uh, obviously, I need to get a purple sun because, you know, if you're not purple sunning, are you, you know, Age of Sigmaring? So, um, so yeah, people are focusing on that and it just hasn't happened. But it's kind of like the proving ground. You know, if I have a gatebreaker standing on an objective, yeah, sure, you turn them from 20 models to 10 models. Great. 
you still need to get within three inches of him. Yeah. And he hurts. You know, he's he's the I don't uh, like it's not like it's a man crusher. You want to take my man crusher to five models. Great. You could probably kill him just as easily. But you're still going to have to push my 10 models off that objective. And if you it goes back to that resource allocation, like if you have the right resources in the right place, that gatebreaker at 10 models is plenty. I, I don't need him to be 20. I actually think a lot of people are forgetting about the spell, to be honest. And you yeah, raise a good point that I'm going to segue to. I think one, people forget about it. Two, there is that critical spell. But now we have the emergence of endless spells. And people are now bringing in the boatman. They're bringing in Geminids. They're bringing in Purple Sun. They're bringing in, you know, insert in endless spell here. So now there's even more spell choices than ever before. And it's almost like people have completely forgotten about Gaze of Gur. I don't think anyone has actually casted on any of my units since I've played this current season. But let's rewind for a second. You talked about Purple Sun, Endless Spell Meta. <laughs> How has that worked for you? Because one, obviously one of the massive benefits for our Megas is we can't be auto-slain, which was obviously really beneficial for like Slayer of Kings or Hand of Dust in, in, if you're facing Nagash or um, Archeon. But Purple Sun has the same rule. And Purple Sun, if you look on Twitter, is like the worst thing that's ever happened in the game, auto-deleting, you know, everything. Um, has that come into play for you? Have you – is it a worry at all? It's annoying. It's definitely obnoxious when I'm playing Gargans because it's huge. The actual size of its effect for the extra rend you're talking, you know, six inches on its radius. It's got a three-inch base. So you've got like a 15-inch area of effect. And I have six-inch bases. So to actually just tag me for that extra rend, I know uh, I played Jeremy V at the Summer of the Coast Grand Tournament. And he swears up and down that he didn't need the Purple Sun with all of his little KO boats to take me down. Uh, but I love him, but I still say he's wrong. Because it turns out when you have an ironclad, two frigates, two gun haulers, and a bunch of little dwarves at negative two rend, for everything they lay into you, you, you go down. It It's really, really terrible. That extra rend is enough. You don't need to auto-kill stuff. Um, so it's it can be very frustrating because we're now in this meta where you can get any archer. You can get sentinels. You can get the, uh, the slanesh archers, the... Uh, little barb ones and and now they're an extra rend you know suddenly mm. they're a real threat and they're doing it from a distance and doing it in this like run and gun kind of meta that we're seeing with the purple suns it can be a little oppressive you still got a very large wound pool you can you know heroic recovery to get a little bit of that back um and you can i also have you know, my shooting as well that can really take out some of that those archers and stuff uh but it it's it's tough it, it definitely adds link to it and even you know i'm starting to look at i've historically run this kragnos list and i was like well do i want kragnos because even on a 3d6 to ignore a purple sun a nines you know that it's, it's a roll of the dice and uh you put kragnos at an extra rend even on his two up He's only 18 health. You know, I mean, that sounds like a lot, but it goes by quick when you start getting mortals and you start getting an extra rend and 
you know, stuff gets through and suddenly he's in danger. So it, it definitely makes me rethink the list that I take and the way that I play. Yeah, the other the other thing with Crag Craggy for me is that we, there's more objectives in this general's handbook than there was in the last one. So in the past, where I'm fighting for three or four traditionally, uh, you know, objectives at most, there are some tournaments where I've gone to where I'm now fighting on eight, yeah. or I'm fighting things like the realms though cachet where there's a center objective and then it explodes. And I don't have a hand of Gork. I have no teleporting, deep striking with reserves, you know. And if it goes somewhere and I'm already pinned and it's quite difficult, it can be really hard to be fighting on objectives. So um, that's one other consideration when I think about that 700-point um, craggy is can I fight on objectives? Because by the time some of these games are going on, I've probably lost a mega, maybe even two, and now I'm down to like one or two models. So... It can be quite hard. Um, and it's a consideration to think about. But is there anything else from the General's Handbook that you think has maybe changed the way you look? I mean, Bonds of Battle doesn't really come into play for us. Um, we don't really reinforce. Yeah, like it doesn't really come into play, does it? No. Um, I, I'm still looking at bounty hunters. You know, obviously a lot of people are kind of avoiding veterans like the plague because bounty hunters exist but uh you know the day that the rules came out and i saw that man crushers can be bounty hunters i was like well i mean you know a, a man crusher you know and we'll talk about lists and we'll talk about tribes later you know we've, we've got a plan but man crushers on two damage with their amount of attacks and their profile okay you know and you've, you've got my attention that's you know with those eight objectives i've got a little more bodies and stuff so before I was very anti man crusher, they're ugly models and I don't want to paint them. So I'm, I'm a child like that. Uh, but now I'm like, all right, well, it's time to, time to slap some paint on those ugly little dudes and get them out there. Little extra baby gargants. I, uh, I remember looking at some of those rules, you know, putting my son's hat on and in the past, People know this about me if you've ever watched any of my any of my gargant chats in the past, is I'm traditionally anti-stomper tribe. I have mm -hmm. always been against stomper tribe. It's always like for me, breaker and taker. And then stomper is like the worst in the world. I'm almost willing to say at the moment, I feel like stomper is the best. Um, mm. and I'm almost feel like and like the, 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 and the reason I say it, and the reason I say it is because yes, the bounty hunters. Yes, they can, um, and they care. So, yes, bounty hunters, but also it's actually a build that allows you to focus more on multiple smaller units. Yeah. But you can still get the benefits in Breaker Tribe with Man Crushers. So, so I'm not saying that it's now the ultimate, like the penultimate, but I feel like in the past, I've always been like all the Megas. I'll always run four Megas or two Megas, Craggy and a, a Man Crusher. Uh, or I'll, I'll have some kind of combination. Now I'm almost willing to say that I would revisit my lists and I would run, whether it's the mob, whether it's multiple singles. I think there's a lot of value in multiple singles, not having to worry about battle shock, being able to like move them around the board to claim objectives and being um, a, a lot of models on an objective. They can't be expert conquerors and you don't need that anyway. But um, And there's probably a good reason even to take them in, um, in the take a tribe you know being being counting as multiple models even more models in the four but um 
Look, we're kind of getting to the rules a little bit. Is there anything else you want to talk about with Suns about specifically this particular general's handbook, or should we get into the rules and and you can share with me how you're looking at Suns? No, uh, that's about it. I will agree with you. Uh, I was kind of laughing because when this GHB came out, you know, one of the guys in my Warhammer team said, "Oh man, I bet Stomper's really good right now." And I thought about it, and I was like, "Hmm, I don't actually remember what Stomper does because." I've just ignored it since the book came out. So yeah, no, I was with you. It was like it's it's taker or breaker. It's the only only way to go. Yeah, that's how I've always felt. Actually, a couple of quick rapid rapid fires, and we'll get into the weeds a little bit more. Cronspine, sure. brand new. Haven't talked about it at, from a son's point of view. The last son's one I did, Cronspine wasn't around. What's your what's your high level thoughts on Cronspine in a son's faction? Do you like it? Too expensive? Doesn't do what it does? Thoughts. Personally, I, in many, many, many levels, think it messes with my personal mojo. Like, I I have a certain way that I want my list to work. And you and I have talked about this through social media and had a polite fisticuffs disagreement where you like it because it boosts your casting. Uh, I don't like it. I think it messes with my synergy. Uh, there's, in the rules, there's such good stuff for each tribe that do its specific thing. And I think Cronspine messes with that. You know, Cronspine comes in, now I can't retreat. He's got me in this bubble because this bubble's not, you know, like messing things up. And like you said, you know, I fight in Realmstone Cash and it explodes. You know, well, I've got, I've got four models, five models at best. And uh, I need to, I need to break away from those fights and, you know, get somewhere else. Uh, I've got eight objectives. Uh, they burn the one that's sitting under my my uh, gate breaker or my kraken eater. I need to get out of there. I need to stop fighting this fight and walk away. Um, and aside from that, playing Gargans is not all. Like you said, it's not an alpha list. It's a survival list. I'm here to stand there, and I have this limited resource called health. And the more combat I can avoid while still scoring max points, it's the the best way to go. So I'm not a big fan of him. I think he just kind of screws up my synergy and how I want to play because there's stuff that I can replace him with that will get the rules, the buffs, the boost that I'm going to get from my tribes. No, I like it. I think for me, because I, I'm obsessed with the Gatebreaker, it's my number one, right? And I mean, when I run... Yeah, I, I love it, right? I love it. Like, I initially started a Taker Tribe, and I did the Kraken Eater, kicking the objectives. It was fun. But I found I just wasn't using the – what the value wasn't there for me versus, like, idiot, idiots with flags or, you know, shinians or whatever it is. But you start building that crack, uh, not Kraken Eater, the Gatebreaker list, and you quickly realize you can't run a four-mega list because the, 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 the 525 is just too expensive. So I'm, I'm forced to take two War Stompers, which is the worst of the three Megas. And I'm like, if I could do two Kraken Eaters and two War Stompers, I'd be sorry, two Gatebreakers and two Kraken Eaters, I'd be fine. But what I found is it, allow, it allows me as a, as a list builder to build this type of thing that I want. It gets me a Kraken Eater, gets me two Gatebreakers and a Cronspine. I, I, at the moment, I really like the, the Kraken Eater with the Arcane Tome. Um, I really like, you know, being able to get like Emerald Life Swarm into my faction, considering that heroic recovery can't be used in combat anymore. 
Um, I love the aura of plus one to hit. So if I if I need it, and it doesn't mean that I've got the Cronspine always with two gate breakers, but it means if I issue that all out attack, if I need it, I can get all three of them getting absolute consistent damage. But also it's just a general good threat that I found. But I can fully appreciate and recognize what you've said are some of those restrictions, such as I can't retreat from combat. There's sometimes that you're forced to be playing in this weird castle to get the Cronspine boosts when actually it's not the right play. So I think if you do use it, you don't always put all your megas in. Sometimes it's just to get the plus one to cast and another threat on the flank. And often I use the Cronspine on the flank and then kind of come in while the two, ga the two gate breakers are kind of in the center. So some of that too is I want triumph period. Mm. The interesting thing about playing Gargans is uh, I was talking with Jeremy V as you know, some of my guys are, they're, they're poking the bear uh, saying like, Hey, you, do you really need to keep playing Gargans? Like, come on. And I was like, honestly, if I change armies now, I have not played age of Sigmar the game in years. Like I play it on channel, but that's with a camera turned off and a rules book, just hugging it for dear life. I don't play it to Sigmar. I don't play, you know, 10 protectors and how do I wrap them around and how do I do all these things? I don't do that. Uh, so it's interesting because it's just a different line of thinking. I want my triumph because I have four models that are massive centerpiece models. So in a game, my two gate breakers will have two finest hours, one each. So that's great for plus one to save, but what I really use it for is plus one to wound. If I'm going into something, then I'm like, that needs to be erased. I will finest hour, you know, idiots with flags. I'm on threes and twos with my flail, and I'm going to erase something, unless I just get super unlucky. Now, if I don't think ahead and finest hour, and I'm in combat, or somebody charges me, and I get locked in combat, I'm like, I need out of this. You know, I need an... an Oh shit button. Triumph. Okay. Mm -hmm. Triumph, all out attack, idiots with flags, Titanic duel, whatever. Spend those resources. Here's my pool of resources. Spend them. Get out of that combat. And so I, when I build a list, it needs to have a certain buffer at the end. And I'm, I would rather dump Cron Spine. I would rather dump an endless spell, whatever it is, to give me that tool in my toolbox. Agreed. I would agree with you 100%. And actually, in my most recent list, I've dropped the Emerald Life Swarm because you can no longer tuple tap with it. Yeah. And like, do I want to go the Triumph or do I want to get uh, potentially a one? Like, if I get Emerald Life Swarm off, which can be hard, um, even in a you know Mega Oak Pipe Army, um, I could get a one at least in the mm -hmm. back in the day. Like in the previous update, I could I get there was two chances right when I, when I cast it. So there could be a spike of six. It could just be two. It was kind of worth it. But I, I agree with you now. Um, the Triumph is superior. I, I don't need the Inspiring Presence, uh, essentially. I don't need the uh, reroll to charge normally. Yes, the plus one to wound Triumph. And I'm happy to go 1930, 1940 in my list yeah. and give away the points because I can't fill it with allies anyway. So for me, it's like, do I go like maybe Cogs if I wanted? But even then, like, it's for one wizard. Whoop-de-doo. So... I agree. I agree wholeheartedly with the triumph. Uh, by the way, we're getting an absolute massive love. We've got the Battle of the Beards. By the way, Bear, Bear wins the Battle of the Beards every day of the week. 
um, all the all the beard love. How do you, how do you look after your beard? Here's a here's a unprepared question. Any grooming <laughs> tips when it comes to beard maintenance? You know, it, it's it's funny. I had a guy at work ask me this, and actually, I'm because I'm staring in this camera. I see like that extra little bit of just like fluff because I haven't seen my barber lately. And it's, it's, it's driving me nuts as I can see myself like a mirror. Uh, but I don't. I I don't do anything to my beard. I just kind of let it go. And it it falls like this. And I infuriated my coworker because he said he's, he's like a, a girl getting up doing her hair. He's like, I've got oil. I've got balm. I've got a straightener. I've like, I've got everything. I was like, no, I go to the barber twice, you know, every two weeks. And that's, that's about it. Yeah. I, I barber every four weeks. I, and, mm. I, and I'm, I'm, I need to go to the barber soon. So I've definitely got the barber one. I've got a beard straightener. I use the oils. I've got a special shampoo and conditioner. All right. This, we got, we got some different polling opinions, <laughs> not only with incarnates of GER, but also in beard maintenance. Uh, hey, and, and for anyone that hasn't tried it, you know, grow your beard because going to the barber as a man with a beard and getting all you know, cleaned up and trimmed, that's like a woman getting a mani-pedi. You know, I go every two weeks and you get that hot, you know, shaving cream and you get every, all trimmed up and cleaned up. Man, it's great. This is a, the, as a man, it's it's awesome. So, you know, Haircut highly every two it. weeks, beard trim every four weeks for me. That's 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 my routine. <laughs> there you go <laughs> let's talk sons people some people on this stream are going what on earth have i dialed yeah into? Wait, what did i tune into hopefully we've inspired some beards put tag me on twitter if you got a beard and uh show me give me some of your beard maintenance tips in, in the comment section i'd love to hear how you this could be a new fun up. collab we'll do like the beards of sigmar well <laughs> you know hashtag it out and see if we can get people sharing their beards Maybe there's a beard charity calendar coming down for the content creators. Well, <laughs> who knows? Maybe there's something. Well, All right, we're going to weird. This is my favorite. Some pretty good beards in Sigma. Yeah, yeah. Mightier is right here. First allegiance ability. It's the core fundamental allegiance ability as a Suns player. And as, as what it does basically is um, a man crusher counts as 10 models for every one. So if you've got three man crushers, that's 30. One man crusher, one. So 10, 10, sorry. Uh, and Mega Gargan, so all varieties, uh, are going to be 20 models. Now, there is a sub-faction that can boost it. We'll talk about that in a minute. But, Bear, from your perspective, I guess, how important is this particular rule? Is it something you build around? How do you think about Mightier Makes Rightier? So th I mean, this is the absolute centerpiece. This is the keystone. To this army because without this if your four models really aren't going to do much you know either if you took this away they would need to be much scarier you know centerpiece type models uh pushing things off of objectives uh so this this is the absolute keystone to what we do uh i so, you know i've talked with a couple of the big rules guys over here in the us and i still as a very selfish gargant player think mightier makes rightier would overrule proving grounds i know i've heard all the arguments and i agree with them i agree that it doesn't and i agree why it doesn't but as a selfish gargant player i still think it does because i'm stubborn like that but the, this uh, don't yeah. don't listen to bear at this point please don't go and harass your to <laughs> yes wrong. do not harass your to <laughs> with all of the smart talking heads have spoken this does not overrule it for many great reasons that are all smart I'm not as smart, and I like to think 
that my four models, you know, get to supersede all rules. That's not true. Please don't go it doesn't rest. Yes, doesn't work like that. But no. yeah, you're right. Like man crushes, ten of you know, like. I remember when I first started playing with this rule and um, I'd have like one man crusher on an objective, right? And um, someone would try to deep strike and they would come in. And normally most things coming from reserve is like five to 10 models. Cool. You come in and you try to tag my objective. Guess what? I'm still going to probably have more models than you. And even if you kind of get, you're going to have to most likely get into combat and I'm I'm pretty confident that man, one man crusher is going to be able to either pile in and stuff you in my pants or my sack, or I'm going to be able to swing that my, that club or headbutt you and and probably delete half the unit. So it's a pretty brutal, even uh, as a single man crusher. Yeah, I've seen it so many times too. Because think about what are some of the best deep strikers, and the one that comes to mind is Celestin Prime. Celestin Prime, what does it count as? Five? five? Yeah. Is he high oh, enough no, for he, five? He's, two, he's, two? Eight, yeah. eight, he's eight wounds. Eight wounds, so two. He's not yeah. a mon- and he's not, he's not a monster, so he's only two. So he's two. You know, he comes in, and he might tag that, but he's not taking it. So now you know, he's got to kill that baby gargant. And I have seen Prime uh, whiff on killing a baby. And so you know he just stands there in, in the most ridiculous looking one-on-one fight of this ugly you know 1980s model of a baby gargant going up against the beautiful celestin prime and he can't kick him off the objective in time to get the points he needs and it, it for those purposes it's great uh and also we talked about avoiding combat i can see a five-man unit uh say liberators or vindictors they're just chilling hanging out holding down this objective if I can't confidently make the charge, I'll just auto run, dip my toe in the six inch pool surrounding the objective, and now it's my pond. You know, don't even my, need to get into combat. Nope. You know, and and so that's mine. And even if those five liberators are, you know, the what's that new battalion? The uh, uh the expert, expert conquerors. Yeah, that's only fifteen. I'm twenty, so I I took it from you. Didn't even have to fight. So it's a a lot of the line of thinking in getting your points, getting extra points comes from that is, you know, how can I get there? How can I take this? And sometimes it's not even through fighting. I know with the mega gargant, one thing I absolutely love is putting my mega on the center of an objective. And with that massive, like, was it 130, 160 mil base? Yeah, 130. That that denies so much of the, the objective scoring area. So the only way you can come in to potentially challenge this objective is going to be getting into combat. And that's where I can back, again, my Gatebreaker, my Kraken Eater, to be able to handle most things that would potentially, like whether it's like Chain Rass or Zombies or whatever it might be that might try to get in with 25s, or even if they come in with 32s, it's very, very difficult to take over an objective when you've got something counting as 20. And currently, I think this will change in the future, you will probably, right now, even if I've got one wound left, and that's kind of one of the incentives with some of the command traits that allows you to be 40 wounds for your general, if I've got one wound left, I still count as 20 on the objective. It doesn't yep. degrade. Yeah, look, so the new battle plan, uh, Novus Paths. You know, I just stick my baby so that nobody can teleport into my Novus Path, and he's holding that objective. But I also know as three massive models in my current list are coming at your face 
you can't pull your unit off your novice path because then you'll have you know a 10 model you know model coming in your back line and starting to take your objective too so it, it there's great uses for it can I quickly, before we get into Chuck Rocks, I want to call out this comment that just come up in the chat, which is a good one, right? Because I've got Eddie here who is loving loving sons uh, and always wanted to collect them, but their group is super, super casual and it's a bit hesitant to build a full army because of this DPS check. Uh, and you hear this thrown around a lot, right? You know, people seeing, can I kill a Mega Gargan? And people thinking about how they build their list to be able to pull down such um, a faction. Anything that you would say to Eddie at this particular point, someone who's aspiring to build an army, but again, their their playing group is focused on DPS checks. Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna take up a little bit of time here, Coach, because this is kind of this is a triple faceted answer. So one, uh, I I love being a tournament player, and that is very different than playing with your friends. So when I'm going up to a table, one of the worst things. I can hear is, oh, I've never played against Gargans before. What are they like? And you're like, they're, they hit hard. They run fast. They have a lot of health. Like when somebody has not played that and has not formulated in their mind how to take down this gatekeeping army, it can be negative fun. And I'm a loud, obnoxious person. So I try to smile and, and teach and still win. That's the competitive side of it. In the friendly side of it, one, your friends might want that DPS check because it is fun. It is a lot of fun to play against Gargans, to play against these big, huge models. And you're like, can I take that down? Uh, it's like a boss fight. And it's a great time. And it's, they can, and the, the third part of that is they can look so beautiful. They're so ugly, like they're fat and they're tall and they've got weird faces and it's great and I love it and I love painting them. But also they're they're on 130 mils. So like you've got a small little diorama in your hands where you can just build this awesome model, build this awesome base and make it so cool and thematic with whatever you want to do and then go and enjoy it. Yeah, it, if you, especially if you're not going for broke, you're not trying to bully on your buddies, have fun with it. You know, like, hey, guys, we're getting together Friday. I'm bringing out my four megas. Good luck. Come kill them. And there's so many people that, because a lot of people in the casual scene are afraid of that, they don't get to see this army. And they're like, oh, man, I've always wanted to play against this army. I've always wanted to try my hand at the DPS check. Like, you know, can I, can I go toe-to-toe with a giant? So do it. Go out there, paint them, show them off. When you get them painted, please show me. I love seeing Gargans painted up and tossed on Instagram and stuff. Have fun. I'll add one thing because I think you you summarized that perfectly. I'll just add one thing that I would say. Celebrate their wins. If they pull a Mega Gargant down and you are playing in a casual environment, celebrate. And there's a great way you can have fun with that too is when the Mega Gargant dies or a Man Crusher dies at the end. We both get to roll the dice to see where it topples down to. And if your opponent gets to choose where it topples into, again, it's another celebration. So um, obviously, you know, that hurts us a lot. 500 points is gone. But um, I, I don't think God, I don't think Suns is, a, is the terrorizing monster it used to be. 
because the incentives aren't there. We aren't scoring more points on an objective because we're a monster. We're not doing all these extra monstery things. So if you actually look at the meta and where it's kind of settled at the moment, Sun's win rate isn't that strong. People should be scared about Nighthaunt. People should be scared of Sylvaneth. People should be scared about there's other things right now that are probably leading the meta right now over Gargans. But we have this history from the start of third edition 18 months ago where the Gargans for that first six months were the, ba the big bads. Then the hunt came in and started kind of um, chipping away at our pride. Not only celebrate it, but it is an expected, you know, rite of passage that when a Gargan dies, you yell timber. Your whole neighborhood needs to know that Gargan went down. And I agree with you with the, with the conversions as well. All of my army is converted. I've cut up legs and I've, I've moved them around all my man crushes. I've pulled in endless spells. I've got my, one of my gate breakers throwing around the um, the Skaven fiery, um, the, not yep. the sense of bearer, the, um, the, the plague claw catapult. I've got yep. one carrying like a storm cast, the Diaz, but as a shield. And again, there's so much craziness that you can bring into Suns, which I absolutely love. But back on topic, um, You've got Chuck Rocks, one ability where your man crushes, one unit of man crushes can chuck rocks 18 inches of your general. So um, it's a shooting attack. I think it hits, oh, what is it? Hits on, is it D3 attacks, hits on fours, wounds on threes? threes. Yep. Yeah, fours, um, threes. Ren, Ren, Ren two, Ren one? Uh, I think it's D3 damage. Yeah. That's right. What, get, get going. What, this is the worst What are your thoughts? To... It's it's neat. Um, in my early games, I forgot this was even a thing till somebody pointed it out because it sits right here in their allegiance abilities and not on their war scroll. So that was embarrassing, but uh, it's fun. It's a fun little thing. Uh, this is great for clearing chaff, especially if you're using either the Kraken Eater or Gatebreakers. You've got a couple other shooting attacks. Uh, you can go ahead and get some stuff out of your way and get into the, the meat of the army and start terrorizing people. So, or I mean, I, really great just to like put into if you don't finish something off, like a Manfred, uh, you know, Manfred's just chilling, he's about to teleport away. Like, well, let me see how many rocks you can catch with your face. So, I, I, I always love the gate break. I love the gatebreaker rock throws, like the amount of things that I've killed with the gatebreakers <laughs> rock throw. Um, <clears throat> I will say that actually I forfeit the, the Chuck rocks a lot. Um, and when I say I forfeit it, it's because the man crushers can run and charge if they're within range of a mega. Yeah. Now, obviously, if I'm stuck in combat, yeah, absolutely, I'll chuck the rock. But because the man crushers can run uh, run and charge if they're within, is it 12 inches of a mega, I think it is, from memory, Um Often I use that to slingshot to take advantage and kind of um, fill in the gap that man crushes are a lot slower than a mega, especially the gatebreaker and the um, the the kraken eater variant. So um, often yeah, this, I find I really enjoy the slingshot. This kind of comes in once in a while for me because I I leave my little baby gargant to babysit stuff, uh, but then with the new GHB and the loss of the old battle tactics, uh, I use make the land tremble, which we'll, we'll talk about soon. So uh, my baby is mostly just doing a lot of jogging in place. So he doesn't get the truck rocks like he used to, but yeah, still, if you're, if you're babysitting a point, 18 inches is a, a long little pot shot to toss those. 
I, I really enjoy the the Chuck Rocks, and we'll get to the, we'll get to the grand strategies literally the next thing. But what I like to do with the Chuck Rocks is I'll use them to try to clear chaff. Mm-hmm. Then when I charge, let's say the Gatebreaker, who um, when the when all of the the um, the Megas charge, they have impact hits. So if I happen to be hitting screen between the chucking of the rocks and the uh, the mortal wounds, I should be able to clear most chaff screens. And then using the two and three inch attacks from the Megas, I should be able to reach out and touch some of the juicier things that I want to get into. Um, obviously, it's situational, but that's kind of where I think about things like the, the chucking of rocks. Yeah, once you get into combat, you you have to start getting in the mindset that you have a six-inch threat, not a three-inch threat. So you go ahead and clear out some chaff, and you can get in there and really mess some stuff up with your pylon because you can reach another three. Or my thing is uh, I'm nerdy enough that I carry a 130-millimeter extra base with me, and so I'll chuck rocks, charge in a gate breaker because that's what I usually play with, and I'll send him, say, far left, and he'll impact hit that unit that's still alive. And I'll keep my little 130 mil template to make sure Kragnos can make wherever I'm making space with those impact hits. He can make through, and the Gatebreaker's not in his way. I'll clear a path for him. He 3d6 charges, and you know suddenly whatever monster you were protecting is you know, staring down a giant centaur. Yeah, we're, we're, let's not talk about that. Um, the amount of sevens <laughs> that I've rolled on a Kragnos. That's, that's and then, and when I don't roll a seven, it's usually like I roll a one and a five. So I do like basically nothing. All right, let's go to the grand strategy because I'm now getting feel feel bads and I'm remembering the bad times. <laughs> You've got the one grand strategy. So sons have one specific grand strategy. That's make the land tremble. When the battle ends, the you complete the grand strat. If um, you've made a run or a charge move in every battle round, um, it doesn't have to be the same unit that runs or charge moves in every battle round. Yeah, this was a savior. Uh, when the new battle tactics come out, going and digging into the white dwarf, which wasn't the most useful because it was the first white dwarf. It, it was good. It gave some stuff, but it, it definitely wasn't nearly as strong as some other people. So digging deep and finding this was a godsend because um, you can have a, a man crusher just jogging in place, holding down an objective, you know, just in case you miss your charges or something. Uh, this also really affected how I think about lists. Um, I saw some people running, you know, packs of three, um, the, the mob, you know, pack of three man crushers, uh, or still doing like the four megas. And part of me says, you know, replace that war stomper with three man crushers so that you have some model that can run in place, get your grand strategy. And it's not, you know, a 500, almost 500 point model that's doing it um, because you can get locked up in combat. But and there's no way to retreat and charge. We we can't retreat and charge. So once you're in, you're in, you got to fight your way out or you got to retreat. And if everyone's locked up into combat, you can't score that, that grand strat. So, um, yeah, I agree with you. Like when I looked at it and I was running four megas, I wasn't that big of a fan, but if you restructured a little bit with a man crusher, yeah, you're, you're loving it. Yeah. And and Kragnos too. Kragnos was kind of a a nice thing for this because you're, going 3d6 so you're you know less risky 
But yeah, I, I have a 170 point tax in a man crusher that just completes this every game. To be fair, as a daughter's player as well, I have a 180 point tax into Canary Heart Renders. So that gets me battle tactics. So it's not a bad thing. No, not you've at got, all. Speaking of battle tactics, you got three of those. You've got that's mine. So you pick an objective that's wholly outside your territory and you score it if you kick it. So that's based on a Kraken Eater. You've got one that's destroying faction terrains. So that's really your gate breaker. Although anyone can score that. It's just the gate breaker gets you a plus one. Right. Um, and then you've got man skittles, which is based around the war stomper using the hurled body. So if it's in combat, instead of stuffing in the sack, like the Kraken eater and the man stomp, the, the men crushers do, uh, it basically like picks up a model and chucks it back into the unit. Yeah. Thoughts. So these are good, especially in a pinch. I'm not saying they're bad. I'm saying I have a certain play style. So uh, Jack on the channel, Reroll Ones, we debate this because Jack's favorite thing in life is gambling in Age of Sigmar. And I hate Age of Sigmar gambling. I like to build my list so I can buff my guys to a point where things are almost a sure thing. When I charge into something, I know I'm probably going to delete it. I like to stack the odds. Uh, it makes me so nervous having to pick Wrecking Crew as like a late game tactic where I'm running out because I've got a one in six chance that there's nothing I can do except it fails. I failed uh, it. Uh, I failed yeah, it. Yeah. I failed it at least twice. I failed it with a gatebreaker into a herdstone, a beast of a beast of chaos herdstone on a two up, and I rolled that one because um, the gatebreaker gets a plus one to the smash to rubble. I failed it. I did all that effort to get into a faction terrain, and I failed it on a one. It happens. I I did a dummy, and I was playing Lumineth, and I got way over confident and cocky because i had game one game two i had really great games where i kind of tabled people and they were fast and they were fun and i got complacent and i got my models into techless and i was like you know i'm out of monstrous actions because i've got so much in combat i'm just going to destroy your terrain turn four comes around and i can't find a battle tactic to do and i'm still standing there next to the rubble that i decided to destroy for fun and I was like, hmm, maybe I shouldn't be so dumb <laughs> and save yeah. that for later. Uh, yeah, these are these are very good. They're nice to keep in your back pocket, especially in an emergency. Don't be dumb like me and ruin them early in the game. But it it's that dice roll is such an anxiety thing. Just one in six chance, you blow it. Yeah, I have the same feeling with the Sun's battle tactics. They're good to have up the sleeve, but they're not mm -hmm. ones that I lead with. The both battle battle packs that we've had in the past, both GBH twenty one and twenty two season one, I've I use those ones first. These ones are super situational and maybe um, last resort type ones. Yeah, even though that's mine, you know, it's kind of like botching a charge. Is you kick that that thing and it only goes two inches and now oh well so they make me real nervous what are your thoughts on the battalions there's two new battalions that are sun specific one is bosses of the stomp where it's two megas and optional two megas 
and you can either go one drop or essentially get an extra artifact or an enhancement. The other one is the foot sloggers where you get um, a war stomper, two man crushers and a potential third man crusher for again, um, one drop or is that forward to victory charge? I think so. Yeah. Thoughts, thoughts on the two battalions. These are a must have. Like these are your bread and butter. You gotta have them. Bosses of the stomp, you'll see it in every single list because when you have, you know, an army built around big, massive models, an artifact is huge. You know, even the generic ones, you know, people use those all the time. The vial of manicore poison. We'll talk about this more kind of in the list, but yeah, you know, if yeah, if I put that on, you know, a two hundred points. Stormcast, or if I put it on a mega boss, it's cool. I mean, mega bosses might be a bad example because they're nice and strong and they're great. Um, but you put it on some hero, okay, cool. You get plus one a wound. You put it on a minus three rend, three damage flail that now wounds on twos. That's awesome. So getting that extra artifact is great. One drop, also great. We kind of thought we'd move away from low drop armies when this Galatian veteran thing came out, and we were really wrong because who cares about you know veterans? You know, one drops to three drops are still great. You know, they're a really great way to go, uh, and so that's another option. Is you know, depending on what type of list you are building, if you're going to be that in your face, you know get up there and hit them before they hit you going, you know, choosing the first or second is huge. So yeah, all of it really good. Yeah. The, the other consideration is that um, we don't really get to take advantage of the generic battalions. It's not really a thing we get access to. I mean, yeah, we can use bounty hunters, but for most of them, we can't do wall. We can't do most of them. Right. So um, Boss of the Stomp, I love it. Being able to get three artifacts into my faction if I'm running four Megas. Um, I could run Boss of the Stomp to have two Megas in a one drop and then do two Bounty Hunters with Man Crushers. And now I'm three drop getting the benefits of Bounty Hunters. Um, or I could be doing four Megas in a two drop. And yeah. most lists these days, I'm not seeing a lot of lists go one drop. I'm seeing a lot of three drops or I'm seeing mm. a whole bunch of who care drops, but pure one drops. It means if you, two drops, you'll, you'll basically get to choose every time almost um, who gets to go first in the first battle round. Yeah, ab absolutely. And, uh, and like I said earlier, like Gargant, I mean, we don't play Age of Sigmar. We're, we play our own game where Age of Sigmar armies have a boss fight with us. So without these, you know, kind of like the make lion tremble. Like without those, uh, we we'd be in a hurt. Yeah. You know, picking it, the generic it, 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 battle uh, grand strategies, and you can't use the the generic battalions. Yeah, which is always one of my frustrations. You couldn't take advantage really of the current the the generic ones, and it was always like I've got this tax, and yeah, I'm four drops, but I can't get any extra artifacts. I can't get anything special or whatever it might be. Um, so I agree with you there. Um, 
when it comes to sub allegiances, I'm not, this is not story time with, with coach. I'm not going to read out word for word everything on this slide. But when it comes to the three sub factions, do you like all three? I know we talked at the top of the show that, you know, Taker and, and Breaker were probably our two favorites. Is that still true in the current general's handbook? Do you think Stomper has a place? Do you think Taker maybe is less valuable? Like, do you need a Mega on 30? Have we seen the hordes yet? that I need 30 on an objective? Like, again, I'm asking a lot of questions, but more importantly, where do you stand on, on the sub-allegiances? So for me, I think they're all viable in their own place. I think you can play any of these and you can win a game and you can do well, depending on how you want to build your list. I personally prefer Breaker. I am in love with Breaker. I'm constantly trying to do the math and find some way to reinvent the wheel with breaker. I think taker is also still great because it's not just, you know, get rid of them with the extra bodies on a point. It's also, they can get extra artifacts. So you can load out a four mega list or a three mega list with a bunch of artifacts. You can get the vile manticore. You can get an arcane tome. You can get a ward. I mean, you can have two wizards. There's, there's a lot of really good options. The the Kraken sandals for better stomp. Um, there's there's a lot of just different ways you can go about that. Yeah. So that's why I love Taker. It's not for the bodies. The bodies are great because I can go back to playing that more defensive survival game even better than Breaker. It's the extra artifacts and just loading out my whole army with artifacts. That's why I love Taker. Uh, Stomper. Yeah, so, so do I. So do, so do I. So yeah. do I. Just by the way. So do I. That's um. You look at the artifact selection. Taker has the best artifacts by country mile. Yeah. Um, the only thing it's it's lacking. Breaker does have the enchanted uh, portcullis. Yeah. That that extra ward. I mean, six up ward is mathematically not, you know, overly game changing, but it is good. Uh, the when you when you. When you pick the command trait of your general getting 40 wounds and then having a six plus armor, a six plus ward, um, that's incredibly tanky. So, mm -hmm. um, and I think all of, all three of the sub factions have the command trait of 40 wounds, the olden yes. gnarly or whatever it is. They all, they all can, all the, yeah, all the gnarly. Yeah. Yeah. They can do the old gnarly and. Oh, no. Uh, so it's so, monstrously tough. Sorry. Monstrously yeah, tough. Monstrously tough. Gnarly old gnarly is rolling ones. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's a different one. A little bit different. Um, so with Stomper, Stomper is cool. And I, you know, I was skeptical as soon as they released the rules for bounty hunters that we would ever see these uh, big infantry armies like people were talking about. But, and so that was where I was super excited for Stomper, you know, just throwing man crushers at Galatian veterans as bounty hunters plus Stomper boost. The problem with this and I'm actually quoting uh, a guy from the Corsairs, Garrett, who brought this to my attention because I just stopped paying attention to it when I didn't play it. You go in with a man crusher and he first starts off throwing rocks. So he hits you know, the 20 block that you want to get rid of. Okay, he kills one. Well, now it's 19. So now you're doing one less damage. He charges in. He does D3 mortals on the impact. And now he's going to take it down to you know 18, 17, 16, whatever. Uh, so now you're you're on plus one damage, or it's a ten block, and you take it down below ten block. Like you've got 
the the ways that gargants do damage is in layers. Now uh, they're like ogres. They got layers, and uh, just because your melee is doing extra damage, you're going to ruin that unless you're really like spreading your damage. And then what's the point at that point anyway? Um, is just peppering damage in these places. I think it's neat. Um, there is a way with Stomper Tribe to take, I believe, the command trait to get one extra CP at the beginning of the game because this is a very CP heavy. I would love to see Stomper have another way to generate extra CP because you're just burning through it to do these big shouts. Uh, and it it's, it's D3, by the way, but yes, it's I D3, agree. Yeah. It's, first, yeah, there we go. it's only your first battle round. I think for me, Stomper, sorry to interrupt for a sec. I just, no, want, I, want, I, just want, I just I just want you to respond potentially to what I say is I think when I was thinking about Stomper more, it was when this games workshop said, um, we're in the, the, the infantry meta, you know, and I had these grand visions of 60 grots and 60 zombies and 40 of all these idiots with their flags. But we haven't seen it. Yeah. And that's where the that's where the war stomper is at its best. That's why I hate the war stomper traditionally, because its benefits really is in a horde meta, and we haven't had a horde meta in such a long time. I need right now bounty hunters and things that go hunt those bounty hunters. So for me, I think if we ever get into that horde meta and gits go crazy soon and we see zombies wrecking up the board and we're seeing, I don't know, noblars and free guild and all these things that are running hordes yeah i'm a buyer but at and the it moment, sounds like we're... such a fun game too mm. just these massive massive units that are coming in and you know, giants trying to slug their way through it it sounded great but what i heard and so I, i'm with you on the but on the counter to that gw said the next ghb is gonna be about battle line and i was like you know i'm battle line uh, actually, my whole army is battle line. So, what do you got for me? Uh, and I was, I was thinking this was gonna be sweet. And then they heard my inner dreams, and they're like, "No, you're too big. You don't, you don't count. You can't play in this ball pit. You got to be, you know, smaller. It's fine." So yeah, yeah, agree. Yeah. So if if the meta ever shifts to this infantry meta. Um, I think Stomper definitely will rise up, but right now I'm still definitely, I'm breaker first, I'm take a second, and I'm Stomper third. That's just currently, if I had a choice, I'd go tribalist before Stomper. Yeah, and then I love breaker. What bothers me with breaker is it's very specific in its buffs. It, yes. It's very inclusive. Like it's a, we're the breaker club. You know, if you're not part of the cool kids club, then you get nothing. And so mathematically, when you start putting in a stomper or something in order to maximize your gate breakers, he doesn't get anything from it. He might as well just be a mercenary. You know, he he's just he he's just like sitting in the front of the short bus and just you know wants to be part of the cool kids club. He's got nothing. So that's where it bothers me. I love it. I love the things that it does. I love the fierce loathings. Um, breaking down the house is really great for that battle tactic. Um, and then I'm a way too soft of a person. So every time we do deployment, I'll remind everyone that I play like, Hey, you can stick that model in that garrison, but I do more damage and I've got a lot of rend. So your choice, uh, 
and with all of these things like Sylvaneth hiding in their woods and stuff, you know, you get one warning, you know, if you want to keep hiding in the trees, I'm going to hit you harder. Yeah. I, I will say though, that the recent change to um, smash to rubble has me a little, a little bummed out that, you know, I don't shut off the faction abilities. Like when I was running breaker at its strongest, um, I'd be able to destroy that OBR nexus. I'd be able to destroy faction terrain and shut off your abilities now that you can still retain your abilities it's like uh, like why would i waste this monstrous rampage when i could roar i could stomp you i could do everything else um me personally i'm sure this will come back to bite me like i'll be at a gt or lvo or something and playing something like hey i remember you talking on coach and you said this uh i hate that it stays impassable so faction terrain is impassable it stays impassable when it's rubble. So people have gotten really sneaky about placing their faction terrain so 130 mil can't fit through it. And then even after you smash it, it's still impassable. So you still can't fit through there. And so there's like a bunch of sentinels or bliss barbs or whatever are just hiding right behind their faction terrain. And I can't fit my fat butt back there to just get rid of them. I just got to keep hitting them with rocks and hopio. Hopefully they go away eventually, or they just keep, you know, rallying and laugh at me. So, by the way, I wholeheartedly agree with you with Breaker Tribe. Um, because I like to run Kraken Eaters, the problem is is that if I bring in that one Kraken Eater, because you know, you can't put four Gate Breakers in a Breaker Tribe, and you've got to go outside of that to. to and I don't, if I don't want to run Man Crushers. Um, yeah, they, they don't they don't get any benefits, which is why I usually run a Kraken Eater with like an Arcane Tome in the backfield, trying to protect the objective, throwing endless spells, you know, chucking its rocks while yep. the rest of the force kind of advances. Because, yeah, they just don't get any benefits. So um, I wholeheartedly agree with you. Really quick one, any favorite of the Breaker uh, Fierce Loathings? Like what do you rotate or what, do, what are your favorites right now in the meta? So for the aesthetic and how good it is, I've never walked away from idiots with flags. It's hilarious, especially when someone's never heard of it. Uh, and just for the purpose of clearing chaff, I mean, please, by all means, name how many units out there don't have a command model. It's like zombies. Yeah. I mean, elites, which, yeah, that's a different story. Like, I even realized that uh, dire wolves have an alpha wolf like yeah the, so there's your command model and i'm sitting there like i think the zombies that that's what i've come up against zombies don't have a command model everything else suddenly to throw a rock i'm on twos and twos to swing a flail i'm on threes it, it just takes the swinginess out of a gate breaker and makes him scary yeah, I probably, I I definitely, I mean, I'm OG, right? I mostly lean into shinies or bossy pants and clever cogs. I, Idiots with flags is definitely one of the other ones I rotate into. And I'll often, not always, but I'll, I, sometimes I will take the command trait where my general is allowed to get a second um, fierce loathing. So I can rotate between the two, depending on what i want my general to do do i want my general to go fight those heroes and wizards and that is the one that goes fights the big bad while the rest of them are clearing chaffs and elites or um or maybe i rotate it where they all can fight heroes and monsters if that's where the meta's at and the general does something extra um whatever it might be 
Yeah, usually for the the bossy pants, I I love it. But then uh, now that we don't have the uh, hunters of the heartland, I the things that I need to kill that are a hero, they're monsters. So I Titanic duel and yeah. get in there and, and do some damage. Yeah, Bossy Pants Clever Cogs probably benefited me more in the last general handbook where it was yeah. more about heroes and monsters. In the current one, yeah, idiots with flags and shinians probably stand out a little bit more. And again, if we ever fight go into this um this infantry meta, then the one that does um plus one to hit rolls for, for targets of 20 or more models might be beneficial. But that's a yeah. keep it in keep it in the bag until we hit this weird meta that is probably never gonna come. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else I'm to hoping say about subfaction? I hope for it too. Like I'm a Gits player. I got 140 goblin stabbers in my behind me. I would love a day where I could run all of those and get super yeah. buffed up. And I'm a Gargant player, so as much as I like Gits takes forever to slog through, because uh, I've played that game. That's you know, we were talking about Gav Bomb earlier. Like, man, taking a Gav Bomb through 500 grots just takes so long. It's so long. Uh, so many wait, wait, wait till we play on that four up rally battle plan, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I'm I'm so down for that game when it comes. I'll just visit in Australia, we'll film it, we'll put it out there. No one will watch it because it's so boring. Look, 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 I, I had this plan that we, we're both going to LVO. I've got this plan that I'll be bringing uh, Stormcast, I'm 100% focused on Stormcast right now. I know that um, the minute that if a Gids book drops in in the destruction two books, uh, I, I worry that my my heart's going to go back to my first love. So um, who knows? Maybe so you'll bring you're him saying in. if there's a Sons of Bayamut book, you'll fly from Australia with four models instead Look, of Stormcast. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what. I, I, it depends on like what they bring. If they bring me a, and I, I'm going to ask you this question at the end. Like, what's what's one thing that you would add to the faction? If they gave me a wizard priest, some type of you know shaman hag type new kit, I would I would love that. I think they just updated the book. I'm like, yeah, I don't know just yet. Let me see what they bring. But give me a new hero hero wizard. I, I'm I'm down like a clown. You give me some lists. You've given us some context. Dude. We've had some. We've had some good thoughts and discussions. And I want to kind of bring this together and go right. Well, what does a bear list look like? And you know, you are breaking my mold. Normally, I ask for one to two lists. Um, Robbie actually <laughs> sent me five, and I culled it down to four. So what we've got is one for each of the sub factions, and then we have a bonus one towards the end. So um, First off, uh, you got your Breaker Tribe. And, and what I want, given that we got four lists and we probably can't be here for 10 years, maybe give me like the thinking behind what the list does and how it kind of works together. Like give me some ideas. Um, so you first off got the the, the Breaker Tribe. Um, all four of your grand strats are basically the same by the looks of it. You've gone uh, Make the Land Treble. You've got the Gatebreaker, who's the general with Louder Than Words, um, Command Trait. You've got the Vial of the, Man uh, the, the Manticore Venom um, as the artifact. You got yourself a second artifact with the enchanted portulus, um, and then two war stompers under boss of the stomp. Yeah, so starting with a grand strategy, I actually was talking on Facebook with a, a gentleman that was building his first tournament gargans list and looking for some help. 
And uh, he was really set on taking the generic grand strategy where you remove all the uh, battle line from your enemy's army from the table in five turns. And in my experience in the last GHB and just playing a lot of Gargans, especially the last GHB where your grand strategy wasn't strategic at all, it was make a wizard survive. Like, I don't know how that's the strategy of your army. Like one man lives to tell the tale. Um, it's really awful when you have four models to chase down the thing to get a grand strategy or to deny one. So I stay away from the kill everything type mentality because in round five, it's really terrible to chase down that one grot that got away from you. Uh, so that's that triumph. And quick question. Inspired... Quick, 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 quick question. Is this list, um, did you mean to have a second bosses of the stomp? Just thinking about this, because you've got two artifacts. Would that meant to be a, a double boss of the stomp? Because I, because otherwise you wouldn't get two artifacts, right? So for this one, yeah, that's just, uh, that's actually, that's funny. That's the app letting me do crazy things. Uh, I clicked unified and it gave me that extra artifact anyway. So yeah, that's meant to be just, uh, so, so I had a couple of lines of thinking. This, I've seen this list run by somebody and actually did very well. You can take this as a one drop. You get rid of the Enchanted Porculus. You get one artifact. You can take your pick on which one you want. And they pair up with your command traits really well. So th in this example, I did Louder Than Words. That gives me plus two attacks to his Flail, which is the three damage, minus three rend attack. So now he's got 12 attacks on his top profile. I think his lowest profile is six plus two, so still eight. Yeah. Um, Valomanicor Venom is going to give me plus one to wound. Idiots with flags is going to give me plus one to hit. So he's spending pretty much the whole time maxing out how many times he swings and how hard he swings on threes and twos. Um, so you can do this as a one drop. And this way you make sure you're kind of setting the tempo of the game, which is huge. You can flip this boss of the stomp and get two extra, um, Artifacts. Chenai Porculus is great. Six up ward. Who doesn't like a ward? You know, you put another ward on your war stomper. So now you've got two different guys that can take some bigger risks and, you know, try to kind of soak up some of those mortals, soak up impact hits, whatever it's going to be. So there's two different ways to go about this. Um, well, three, isn't it? Because you, you, you could do, you could do yeah. both, right? You could do Boss of the Stomp unified to be a one drop and then get an extra artifact through Boss of the Stomp. So you could go two drops three drops or four drops depending i just yep. know that the chat will just go um actually <laughs> how'd you get two yeah. artifacts when you've got unified i just wanted to call that out so folks uh, um minor error let's blame it on me but it's not actually <laughs> technically illegal because you could either do double boss of the stomp uh you could just go single boss of the stomp and remove one of the artifacts or you could actually add an extra artifact to this by going um not unified by having two versions so yeah there's there's three varieties three lists in one how good are we yeah, this is just me messing with an app and forgetting to undo my changes. So this is why I normally ask people to send me in War Scroll Builder, not the AOS app. But I, I really like this. This is kind of some of the things that I like to enjoy. The double war stomper, the double gatebreaker, certainly in Breaker Tribe is the strongest one just because 
of the points you have available. Unfortunately, you can't bring in a Kraken either. That's too expensive. Yeah. Alternatively, <clears throat> you bring in that Kron Spine that I've talked about in the past. But, but um, another way to go about this too, um, so kick out one of those War Stompers, and you do have 10 points left. Five points extra will get you a mob of man crushers they do get boosted by the breaker tribe so either four megas three megas and a mob your choice but it, it it's however you want to run it yeah i think me i think i would prefer one unit of the mob but mm -hmm. there's also that there's also value in running four independent because like the mob needed because one of the things that gr grinds my gears is that the mob doesn't have an elite model so you yeah. can't issue it's a, it can't issue its own command. So it needs someone to issue inspiring presence, all out attack, re-rolling to charges. So if that's the case, then I need someone to babysit. So you're gonna have to have a power pair, normally like a war stomper with the babies. Um, because they can't do it themselves. That's probably my only gripe when it comes to the um the uh the the babies. Yeah, and you kind of want to keep them near your general uh as well for uh, it's either the run and charge or the throwing rocks. One of the two requires the general and one of them requires a mega. So they're going to have to kind of buddy up too. So your, your choice, but you, you do have some options there too. I don't think it's either actually. I th I, I'll, I'll have a look. We keep going. Anyway, that, I think definitely the, the run and charge is a, just within a, me a mega. Yeah. Um, uh, let me quickly look. Chuck rocks. I, yeah, Chuck Rocks is general. Chuck Rocks yeah, is general, yeah. right? Yeah, Chuck Rocks, you have to be within 18 of the general. Um, the run and charge is just within range of a mega. Yep. So, so anything else with Breaker? I, I think it's a strong list. I mean, we've given you a couple of uh, options for if you want to customize it and season it to taste. And by the way, we're not telling you that this is the one list to rule them all. Don't just take this list and run it onto your, your Lex tournament. Seize it to taste, build it the way you want to build it. If you want to get some more wards in there or give 40 wounds as opposed to two extra attacks, go do that. If you want to get yourself a six up ward, do that. Arcane Tome, do that. You do yeah. you. And that's what I've tried to show kind of through these lists too is the command traits. You can kind of pair them or just don't pair them with your artifact. You know, if you want to have, you know, an extra five wounds or if you want, you know, to reroll ones to save whatever you want to do, uh, and pair that with artifacts, you know, toss your salt and pepper in there and you're good to go. Nice. Uh, second one is your taker tribe. So again, same kind of loadout. All of them, by the way, are all, um, inspired triumph as well. So inspired triumph, um, make the land treble is the, the grand strat. Uh, this time you've gone Kraken Edo, which is the general, um, you've gone command traders monstrously tough, which is the, the plus two, five wounds um as well as uh amulet of destiny for the ward you got your gatebreaker with the vial of the manticore you've got yourself a war stomper with the arcane tome and flaming weapon you've also got another war stomper so this is where you've gone in and used bosses of the stomp to get two extra artifacts so how does this list vary compared to like what we just saw with the breaker tribe so this one's a little different because we talked about earlier the taker tribe you can take uh, an extra um artifact so that that gives this option this one is a little less uh damage output because you've got one gatebreaker i still put the vial of manicore venom on him it's not it's not fancy it's not exciting it, it stayed the same um the kraken eater can kick things so you do have that ability to kind of move some stuff around and that's kind of my thinking on this kraken eater why i went monster tough with an amulet of destiny so 
Amulator Destiny, you've got about a 16% extra wounds because you're shrugging off, you know, the six up. And then you put Monstrously Tough on there for five extra wounds. So the Amulator Destiny is going to give you about six to seven extra wounds just on the ward. So you're now looking at about a 46 to 47 wound model with that ward. And he can kick things in a certain direction. So he's now something that can really take risks and kind of mm. get up in somebody's face, move their objective, and then start walking with it because uh, he can really take a hit. War Stomper is kind of your, your low DPS uh, guy. So Arcane Tome, if he gets it, great. He can also Mystic Shield, put Mystic Shield in your Kraken Eater, give it Finest Hour. It's even more defensive now. Give you know Mystic Shield to your Gatebreaker if people want to take him off the field. It's kind of nice to have a wizard. Um, the other version of this that I've seen and I really like is the Kraken Eater takes the command trait that allows him that gives an extra uh, artifact. It gives an extra artifact. artifact, and it also lets him take two artifacts. So you know, combo that as you want. You want to give him an Amulet of Destiny and the Kraken Skin Sandals to make his stomp better. Great. Um, or if you want to give him Arcane Tome so he can flaming weapon, and he's got the Kraken Skin Sandals. You know, there, there's a lot of different options out there uh, to do that. The, he also, he is in his command traits, he is unique in that he has one that makes him, makes it minus one to hit anything that's within three inches of him. Also really nice for a defensive. You don't want to take monster tough. You want something that's defensive. You know, things within three of him are minus one to hit. Also really a good way to go. So you've got some yeah. options. Very inquisitive is an interesting one because normally you can't put two artifacts on the same model, but specifically the command trait very inquisitive does specify that the general can have two artifacts of power instead of one. So there's some interesting combinations there if you want to make them durable. I think the strong right foot, which is the 3D6 kick instead of the 2D6 is a bit of a yeah. trap still. Um, if you wanted to kind of get more reliability on that battle tactic of kicking the objective, you know, yeah, maybe like, if, but I don't know if it's worth taking my one and only command trait to get an extra dice roll on, on that, on the boot. I don't, I just don't think it's worth it. It's not second edition where you could change the value of an objective and we could do all these fun things to protect. Um, to me, it's just not worth it at the moment. Yeah. Taker tribe also has an artifact that is the exact same thing as arcane tome so you can do two wizards in this list if you want to you know pairing flaming weapon with the kraken skin sandals as a double artifact build gives you a kraken eater with a pretty damn good output uh, in terms of damage so you can take him from where i have him right now as more defensive more survivable get him much more offensive and he's you know, him the gatebreaker can go do some damage yeah, I dig it. Uh, I was just rereading the more stuffy me collection. I love this last little sentence where it says, because actually, if you if you kill, um, if you kill a, an enemy with an artifact of power, you get an extra triumph. I was just reading the last line. It says you cannot use this e in your next battle. Like, imagine rocking up to a tournament bear where, like, you you win this in your last round. You're like, oh yeah, by the way, I killed some artifacts in the last game. I got extra triumphs. Like. Yeah. When does that even happen? Need a little like crown royal bag just full of bits and sitting inside. I was like, oh, I pulled this glowy lantern on my last match. Like, yeah, totally, I'm bringing like, totally it to this one. You. No, round five, I've got six different artifacts sitting on my Kraken Eater. 
That's so good. Legal. All the triumphs in the world. You're just like plus one, plus one, plus one, plus one. Yep. Your third list you sent me was the Stomper Tribe variety. So you've got yourself um, a gate. So obviously, again, same combination, same triumph, same uh, grand strat. You got a gatebreaker with the Vile of the Manticore. You got a War Stomper that's the general. By the way, um, you do have to take uh, if you if you're new to the faction. Um, if you go into one of the sub factions, the general must come from that. So you'll see yeah. that the Stomper tribe, for example, the War Stomper has to be a general. Um, just for anyone who's new, who's by the way, the general with the command trait monstrously tough. You've got the art of uh, the Amulet of Destiny. Man, I wish it was still five up. Five yeah. up. Uh, when that used to be five up ward instead of six was so good. You got yeah. uh, three single man crushers as well as a mob of three. Um, and you've gone in and given them uh, bosses of the stomp for the extra artifact. And you've gone bounty hunters for the extra damage against GVs. Um, this one is very different compared to the other two so far, especially with the introduction with a lot of points into the man crushers. Yeah, so the the Stomper tribe is all about man crushers. You one, you need your war stomper because he this what's special about the Stomper tribe. We read it earlier is he can issue a like eighteen inch bubble command ability in every single phase to go to man crushers. So he has to stay alive. So I've got him monstrously tough, emulated destiny to really just kind of buff him up a little bit because. If he dies, it really the synergy of this falls apart. One of the things you can do a little different, uh, I do have it at 1980 points, which is kind of higher than I like, but I've put three individual uh, man crushers in there instead of a mob because I've got one guy outside of bounty hunters and I want him to be my special little child that all he does is just sit around jogging in place. And if he fights, he fights, but I don't want to invest in another mob because I want that cheap model that's going to pay the tax to get my grand strategy and get those points. Uh, so you've got a, a mob that's going to kind of go and fight just like a mega would. You've got two little guys that can take on, you know, some smaller units and stuff as bounty hunters. And you've got your gatebreaker also there just kind of as an enforcer to go ahead and, and do some fighting as well. Cause you really need to protect that war stomper. He can go and do some damage and stuff, but if he starts getting in a bad place, you really need to pull him back. Otherwise, you're going to lose all the synergy. Yeah, and you need that gatebreaker to be as independent as possible. So any way you can self-buff um, while you're using those resources on your babies because the, the the man crushers do require, especially like you've got to keep, there's an inspiring presence up your sleeve. Um with the, so there's a, a little bit of bravery debuff going around at the moment. You know, the, the play called Catapult minus two if it's targeted, Horror Ghast is running around. Um, Night Haunt with Terror at the moment is doing a whole bunch of damage. You've got to have a CP up your sleeve to protect those, um, those Gargant mob because there's been times where I have rolled an unfortunate six and I've had one 12 wound model run from the mob and you don't want that to happen. But they can also be rallied, real risky, because okay. it you really need those uh, CP, but also demoralizing when one to two uh, man crushers comes back. Yeah, and because yeah, like you, because they they don't get to use um, a lot of the other the command abilities. You yeah, you, you really got to protect that war stomper. I like yeah. it. Yeah, it's probably a bit more how I would like run, or like to run stomper tribe. Um, yeah. 
It's I actually like a curiosity. Like so somebody might correct us in the chat, and I'd have to read up on it. I know in Stomper Tribe, uh, man crushers can only receive those big that, shouts. So I don't know if they can. That's rally. what I was thinking. That's what I was thinking. Is you wouldn't? I don't know if you could be able to do rally or unleash hell, or you yeah. wouldn't be able to use um uh yeah i i was i was actually just thinking that um as you can tell we don't play stomper tribe so it's just too much micromanagement for me when it comes to stomper i think that's kind of why i don't like it so much it's just too much micromanagement um if i wanted to be a micromanager i'd go play lumineth <laughs> it's true it's yeah. true yeah, like, no no it, it's fair you know buy ten thousand tokens and make sure they're on every uh every unit right now i'm, I'm with All you right. And the final list and the one that I'm most excited about, and I've held this back for last because it is the Crag Bros list. Um, it is Craggy. Um, so Kragnos, Ender of Empires. You've got the Gatebreaker, which is the general. Uh, by the way, this is Breaker Tribe. Um, similar combination, though. You've gone louder than words, but you've taken the Enchanted Portulus. I'm losing my voice and I'm very slurring. <laughs> sound like I'm drunk. Um, so you got that artifact. You've got another Gatebreaker with the Amulet of Destiny, and you've got a Man Crusher. So that will fulfill all your battle line, all three, just uh, at 1940. So you've elected not to take an endless spell or any other thing in your list. Not that you can. Um, man, I wish I could even take like the um, the 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 wolf riders the the um the underworld warband wolf riders that would be amazing yeah. if i could do Just that being able to ally something in would be neat um and talking about the endless spells so this list has been kind of circling around i've been using this list for a while now i've taken this to a lot of gts uh it has done well by me i appreciate it and it uh, holds a special place in my heart but i saw a gentleman play this list in a tournament um, and he was talking about it on Facebook, he took, instead of an amulet, he took Arcane Tome and did take the uh, Emerald Life Swarm before when it was a double proc. Yep. And the feedback I got from him on that was, even though I was healing with that, uh, a lot of times they did get denied. And it, taking a triumph is, is really important to me, but also denying triumph is really big. Because he said it, it was really shocking how impactful it was when his opponent got triumph and was able to get plus one to wound into him. Like that's a that's a big deal. So I I really like to keep the the points low even for uh, for endless spells and stuff for that reason. But this yeah. is mostly self explanatory. Good. I was I was just gonna make one just wanted to call out one comment and then I'll let you go into the list. I think. One of the things that I noticed, because I ran a very similar list to this, except I had Life Swarm. This was before it changed, and you could double tap. And I had obviously had um, – uh, 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 what did I have? I think I had my Gatebreaker General had the 40 wounds as opposed to mm -hmm. um, the Louder Than Words. And I also had um, the the um, Arcane Tome instead of the Amulet. And it, when it works, it really works, which is great. But then when you come up into Spell Dom, you come into Seraphon, you go off into um, Lumineth, you go into even like Soul Black Grave Lords, things that can get pluses to their cast or their dispel, it became really, really tough to get those endless spells off. So I wholeheartedly agree that the guaranteed triumph, and I said it earlier in the channel, um, I am confident in my 1930, 1940 list, giving up an endless spell to guarantee myself essentially the triumph. 
for that plus one to wound. I would rather that than to hope and prayer for a life swarm. And now that I can't double tap life swarm, I'm not going to take that risk for potentially one heal, one wound heal, yeah. which is because it's a D3. <laughs> yeah, it's fair. Uh, this list is rather straightforward. Um, it's not nearly as hang back and, you know, the, the attitude of playing Gargants a lot of the time is it is my opponent's responsibility to kill me. It is not my responsibility to kill you. I am 20 models on objective. Kragno starts off as 30 models. He only brackets down to 18 models on an objective. Uh, it is your job to kill me. This is a little different. This one, you're charging 3d6. Your gate breakers are moving 12. Your man crushers are your man crusher, the baby, when he's not babysitting something, he can run and charge. Um, you're in breaker tribe. So you're using your rock throws on twos and twos to clear chaff. Uh, and Kragnos is just a beast of a monster model in himself. So this is a lot more one. I have fallen into the trap a couple of times of getting too aggressive with this because it's fun, but this is a lot of like, wait for the right opportunity because 3D6 on a charge, people don't realize how far that is. People really just don't, un, they don't picture a lot of the times a 12 inch move and a 3D6 charge, like that threat range is massive. Uh, and you can go and just run a mile and take out a key piece that they're trying to flank with very easily. So this is one of those like, just sit and hold and wait until that right opportunity to flip the switch to go from defensive to offensive and start taking out key pieces with that you too. It's also good. Good. No, I was just going to say, you also <clears throat> got the psychological threat and this is why I love Warhammer players. I'm a psychological person. I love to mess with people. It started when I played Legion of night, the old soul blight before soul blight. And I could take three models and put them on the side of the board. And I could always terrorize my opponent putting my terror geist as my last deployment because people were always scared that I would sideboard a terror geist into their face in turn one. And I never did it, but the fact that I could yeah. always scared people and Kragnos is exactly the same. I move 12, I can 3d six and people automatically think 12 plus 18 when actually statistically, I think 3d six is 10. So the likelihood of that turn one charge, obviously dice rolls go in your favor up and down but people freak out and they'll they'll spread their force out probably too much. They'll break up their castles. They'll reinforce certain layers. They won't deploy on the line. And then they'll pin themselves into their backfield while I'm scoring objectives. So the yeah. psychological threat of Kragnos is just as valuable as what he actually does on the table. And what he does on the table is just as good. With your rock throws, your impact hits, and your three main models that are terrifying in combat gate breakers are great they have like we talked about earlier they have a six inch threat in combat all of them they're piling three they're attacking three and so even if you chaff up you sometimes you you can like you said the psychological people will backboard themselves to give like a six inch gap in front of it with their chaff and then now you just hang out and score battle tactics and you score objectives and if they don't you can really get in there, remove all of those layers that they have. And if just getting Kragnos into 
that key piece or that cornerstone, that's enough. He doesn't even need to impact hit. His dread mace alone will take out just some high point targets. Uh, I remember, gotta be careful though. Um, I remember charging Scarbrand, for example, and I failed. I rolled a seven. So I told you I have like multiple stories of just rolling seven. By the way, um, Kragnos, basically his rule is you roll 2d6 if you're charging into a monster. On a roll of a seven, nothing happens. Every other thing, you times the two dice, and that's how many mortal wounds. So if I roll two sixes, six times six equals lots of mortal wounds. You're basically dead. But um, I failed the seven, and then it was those mace attacks. You put all that attack. I think you hit on twos, wound on twos. You just uh, – is it four damage a piece? It's just the yeah. mace attacks alone is just ridiculous. So – um, but he is only 18 wounds, so he goes down and he's 700-odd points. So you really got to really protect him and yeah. not blow your load too quickly because he'll die really quick. What's cool, too, is people are so afraid of Kragnos. Uh, most people know Gareth Thomas. He's currently running Old Town Throwdown right now. Shout out to him. Amazing person. Go, if, you, if you're watching his stream, go check that out on Twitch right after this. Uh, if not, go to Twitch or go see Old Town Throwdown. I'm sure the bat reps are up there. I was actually watching it this morning before we got on stream. Um, good tournament. Yeah. But anyway, sorry, continue. He's, he is great. So shout out to his tournament. You know, support it, everything else. He's also doing charity over there, which is amazing. Wonderful guy. And But I also get to talk a little trash now because uh, when I went into a game with him at the Bay Area Open, you know, all of his teammates are talking him up that he is the best corn player in the world. And I said that to his face and he laughed and he was like, uh, you know, something sort of like, you know, um, I'm sitting at the front row of the short bus. And I was like, well, I, I play destruction. So I, I feel, I feel you, you know, we're really swinging for low fences here. And uh, he was playing Scarbrand, which is scary as crap. And you know, he was scared of my Kragnos because he can come in and just those impacts alone. But it turns out, you know, if you get your general louder than words, he's swinging 12 times, you get him past the chaff into Scarbrand, doing three damage a swing, you get the Titanic duel going, pop your triumph. That is more than enough to remove a Scarbrand from a corn army. And uh, I laughed because, uh, you know, I got that and it was, you could see how sad he was to lose Scarbrand. And he looked at me and he was like, I was 15 and 0 against Gargans until today. <laughs> just, just got to go because Tom's great. He's he's such a great no, guy. It's, fun, it's, it's funny you laugh that because the, the story that I'm telling you about with the fa the failed seven inch charge. Um, when he saw my matchup, he was messaging me like I woke up in the morning in time zones. I love him, and he's like he's like you're gonna lose. You're not gonna win this one. <laughs> <laughs> like how would you win? But he's, the same thing, he's right? The best I, I, junk I, I, talker in the world, too. He's but I did I did the same thing. I got the mega to go in, cheer the clear the chaff screen, got got in Kragnos to kind of clear up um and, and do the mace attacks, use uh, finest hour, use Titanic Duel, those types of things. One thing I do want to call I, I'm gonna forget this, but I want to just call it out really quickly. And then I want to ask you a couple of final questions. One thing we glossed over that I think is very important now is that the man crusher and the kraken eater don't under underestimate these is the i keep talking about the stuffing in the pants um i think it used to be the old rule or at least it's in my head as the rule it's the stuffing in the sack and why i love it especially when it comes to the positioning and the, the kraken eater does it better than the man crusher is on the pylon you can auto slay a model if you roll a dice is it greater than the wounds characteristic but being able to pull out totems being able to pull out command abilities command models 
the the hero the hero in the unit that issues all that attack, all that defense, all inspiring presence. Being able to pull out the wizard from the Lumineth um, Sentinel unit or water the the um the wardens whatever it might be that is a really under or the banner that might give them a a boost to their bravery or whatever it might be um don't underestimate that especially now that people are running less heroes than they ever have before uh most lists i'm seeing you know you're seeing you're not seeing the six heroes anymore you're seeing like three to four on probably on average so um pulling up those unit command models um can be very beneficial yeah absolutely you know the stormcast list right now one of the popular ones has a battle mage and a relictor you know start snagging their command models and it's gonna really just put a, a detriment into their their whole thing yeah yeah I, I, most of my lists now have gone they used to be running it like my gits list were sixes now i'm like i'm finding all of my lists are really around that i mean around that three to four at most sometimes even two like a commander and a sub commander just to fulfill the uh the battle reg requirements um probably final couple of questions i'm I'm conscious of time is uh and i I think you and i could talk about gargants forever i think you and i I didn't know that we could fill two hours with uh you know what we said seven models but we did yeah we haven't even talked about the forge world model you you, (laughs) i mean he doesn't count but you poo pooed the incarnate. We haven't even got into the layers of incarnate. <laughs> but I think it's just, despite there being such a limited range here, um, there's a lot of technical and um, interesting list building techniques in the faction. And um, the, and as the kind of the meta evolves, and there are endless spells. Right, you want to throw purple sun to get more rend into your army. You want to find yourself cogs, and you want to get yourself a wizard, uh, get arcane tome, give it cogs to be able to get improved casting. Um, you want to get, sh- I've played around with things like shackles of being able to like zone up parts of the board while my models kind of move around. Like there's so many little intricate things you can do with Gargans. Again, I absolutely love yeah. it. And the list that I'm taking to my next GT, I actually didn't include in this mostly because when it, if it fails, then I, I didn't publicize it. Um, but yeah, and, and we'll see. It's completely separate. I haven't seen it run at a GT and I could be completely out to pasture and I'll do terribly, but I'm, I'm curious to see what happens. I love it. I love the crack science. Um, how do you deploy? I think it's probably one thing that we haven't touched on just yet. And it's very intimidating as a Gargan player. It can be intimidating. I've got four models. There's no screens. You talked earlier on the fact that, you know, your, your mistakes can be punishing because you only have four models what advice would you give to me yes there's lots of variety when it comes to battle plans and and setups and opponents and scoring and yes yes different things but what general advice would you give me as a gargant player when it comes to deployment uh so for me it's like being a carpenter measure twice measure three times cut once that kind of thing check your buffs check your your baby's in the right place Make sure he's next to the general, that he's not next to some random Kraken eater. You know, double check all your things are in order. When I play Kragnos, Kragnos has his bubble for 3d6 charges, is wholly within 12. So before I ever touch a model, and people laugh at me when they're playing me at tournaments because I've got dice everywhere. I've got measuring tapes going all over the place because before I ever touch a model, I need to know this is how far Kragnos can go. This is 
where my gate breaker can land to still get, you know, his three, six. And then, man, I'm all over the place with measuring. Like movement phase is my phase. Uh, but when I'm deploying, it's it's also more about your opponent's army. So knowing and the psychology. We touched on this earlier. So if I get to choose who goes first, man, I can just pile my guys all in the front and scare the crap out of somebody to backboard themselves. And then I'll just go second. And they they can't go anywhere because they're all the way on the back. Um, but, you know, you're playing Soulbreak Gravelord. They're going to toss some grave sites in your zone. So make sure you cover them. Make sure they're not coming up behind you. Do your due diligence. And if something is going to be deep striking, like you don't want to have to go backwards when you have four models. So make sure you're covering that nine inches away, you know, in your deployment zone. So when you let them go first, they're not putting stuff behind you and you're having to, you know, do a two front battle. So if you have objectives, one, don't, don't be an idiot. Uh, make sure you're tagging the objectives. That's embarrassing. Uh, you know, use your gargants to straddle objectives or, you know, tag all the objectives. If you have four of them, tag them. And then on your first movement phase, condense so that you're, you're tagging two per one model and then move forward with an attack force. Um, but it, it's more about the opponent. It's what can they do and, and how do I need to prevent that? I can stick four gargants in a row just holding hands ready to go um, and still play my army like it's meant to be played. It's all about the other guy. You know, so that's what I really think about when I start putting models down. One of the things I love to do is um, knowing that a lot of opponents like to castle up, so they'll have like that cushy buff center of some description. I like to play like three megas on the line or around the line, but I have them one on the one on each flank and one in the center. And the reason I like to do that is because again, gate breakers with a 12 inch move, even the Kraken, I think is a Kraken's 11, their speed is fast enough that they can swing from a flank into the center pretty easily. Yeah. So instead of going from the center and going out, I like to go from the flanks inwards, collapse the kind of one of the weaker flanks because most people don't don't have the speed or the, um, the the power to handle a mega on the flank and then kind of they're kind of pincing in and crushing in the middle where I really want to fight the battle. Um and they often don't have the speed to kind of like move around and, and, and go kind of support one of the areas where they're kind of losing. So for me, that's probably one thing I've really enjoyed. But I also know that a Gargant um, often can have can, can need support. You know, it's not the best yeah. model in the game. And sometimes I need to run power pairs. Like I call them the, the mega powers. I'll have two Gargants running in, crushing the thing that I need to crush, then moving down because – Gargans can be swingy, even with triumphs and 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 buffs. Um, they can be super swingy. Yeah, and I I do a lot of the same thing with Kragnos, where Kragnos sits the middle, so he's buffing, and my guys start kind of on the flanks. And it also gives you the option to switch places, especially with a three D six charge, because I believe it or not, with just a couple models, there's there's certain fights that I want to happen. If there's a cron spine. I don't I want my weakest gatebreaker fighting him. I'll finest hour him, I'll send him in. He's good enough to sustain the damage 
kill the cron spine in two turns and then i'm not locking up my general that has plus two attacks i'm not locking up kragnos um you know and whereas you know kragnos obviously you want him to go attack monsters like that's his job so everybody has even just in the three models everybody has their job and when you kind of spread and you have that ability for the long charges and the fast movement you can kind of swap places and you know tag go do the man-to-man defense type mentality of who goes on who one thing I was just thinking, I was just looking at your Stomper Tribe list, had a thought. Uh, it's a random, complete thought, but I've noticed that Nighthaunt uh, is definitely becoming a, potentially the meta leader at the moment. I'm seeing a lot of Scarlet Doom and a lot of Nighthaunt generally, and I know Gargans can struggle quite a lot with Nighthaunt. One, they've got yeah. the bodies, but more importantly, they ignore our rend. So all our high damage, we don't. most of our attacks, we don't have a lot of attacks, nope. but they're high rend, high damage. So... And with the Cruciator also reducing the amount of damage that goes in, we lose a lot of our benefits. And I was just thinking about how if I was going to run Gargans at a next tournament, I think I would run a Man Crusher mob because they've got a lot of attacks, especially with their club. And um, with the run and charge, if they're within range of a Mega, I could slingshot them into those Blade Geist Revenants if I have a lower drop and hopefully clear off those big those big night haunt again, we just, especially if they're bounty hunter as well, I'd be able to clear up a lot of damage. So um, yeah, I'm probably more feeling that four megas may be the right strategy right now, especially with night horn, absolutely terrorizing. Yeah. And one of my teammates, Alex Gonzalez is one of the the leaders right now for night haunt. And he kind of owes me a few games to test that theory because a lot of the army is now night haunt included. They're not some super high, crazy, damage output armies they're more attrition so it's we we still have to test and see how it goes when i have low attacks high rend high damage and but he also doesn't have a ton of output you know how does that play out yeah i was just i was just looking at bcp he's currently got two from two wins right now in uh old town throwdown so uh he and another night haunt player same list scarlet doom type of build um, so just something to think about because you'll you'll get into that matchup and it is becoming quite a popular matchup and you'll realize that your key strengths, which is rend, you don't have a lot of mortal wounds. You can't rely on mortal wounds on the charge. It's just not enough to be able to get through night haunt. So you'll find that they will be a big gate gatekeeper. So how do you build around it? I think man crusher mobs especially will be the way to go. And maybe even man crusher singles to be able to screen off from some of those juicier targets because they're going to want to uh, do their Scarlet. But hey, this is not the Nighthaunt show. It's just something for you to consider, Gargan players. Um, so we talked deployment. Um, probably two two final questions is sure. how how do I beat you as, as an opponent looking and let's say it's that person's club mates who are freaking out about Gargans. How do I win and beat Gargans? Or as a Gargan player, what should I do? Or what try to trap should I avoid in, in giving away my game? Man, what a what a terrible question, Coach. How do you listen? How do you... Listen, listen. <laughs> this was not hours. on. Yeah, if it's it's two hours. If someone is listening to this stream and they've listened That's for true. two hours and they're not a Gargant player, let's give them some charity. Let's all right, give them all some right. tips. You know, and, and this is actually something that if you walk up to a table with me, you could ask me this flat out, and I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not a gotcha kind of person and I'm, I'm, I want a a good clean fight when the bell rings. And uh, so for this, you have to isolate and take down a Gargant 
one at a time. If you spread your army, one, that's a lot of stuff for me to swing into. That's a lot of stuff for me to impact hit. Impact hits on the megas are everything within one inch. So if I can get on those creases into your units and just bam, 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 I'm, I'm going to really start putting a hurt into you. Um, so you have got to find a way to isolate a gargant and just take off one at a time and chew them down one at a time. But what happens is when you take down one gargant, you suddenly just open this massive spot in the field where I have no board presence. And so a lot of people are worried about that. Like, Oh, I mean, I take one down. I still have to take the other one down. That's true. But you've now opened this massive board presence that one model is taking up that you can now, you know, really block me off. Another thing that I really struggle with. And uh, one of the top ITC players right now, local to us and a, just a gem of a human is Matt Beasley. Matt is a, wonderful architect for building control lists and that man has beat me twice in a row by just layering chaff on chaff on chaff so i never get to chew on something good i have to sit there and just kill this stupid 80 point unit over and over to get to anything worthwhile and he's great at it and it's frustrating and i love playing him it's a really great way. There's four models. They're high end, low, you know, actual swings, low attack characteristics, high damage. Put stuff that doesn't matter right in front of them and make them keep walking slowly across the field. Those are great. It reminds way to me of uh, a really champion player in my community, uh, Joel McGraw, mm. has been playing Beasts of Chaos since like day one, and he's a champion of Beasts of Chaos player. And whenever I talk to him, he just like Beasts of Chaos is just waves of trash. And if you're just running like multi, you know, minimum sized units of tens and fives, and it's just, I don't care about these 50, 70 point idiots. It's just, you're keeping me away from the good stuff. Um, that That's where I, as a Gargant player, get frustrated because I want to do high damage and high rend to the good stuff, not yep. your Ungle Raiders. Um, which, by the way, like I think one way that kind of will, will take the, the wind out of my sails is if you charge me. If you yeah. charge me as well. Um, I don't get to do my impact hits, um, and this, and you obviously can pin me into my, you know, into the backfield. So, and 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 sometimes to retreat, depending on how the battlefield's laid out, it can be hard to retreat where you want to go because you've got such a big base, you've got to keep outside of three. So, um, you know, I, I found too, uh, I lost round five at Bay Area Open top table facing a great friend of mine who was playing the dragons, and he came in hero phase, teleported in, moved in the hero phase, charged in with his dragons, and locked me in combat. And in the hero phase, you can't redeploy. Everything that the Gargants have is important to them. Every resource is important, and I can find some way to use it, even redeploy. You know, I could redeploy closer to another Gargant so that you have to pile into both, and it's going to hurt. There's a lot of things I can do with just the very base level mechanics of the game and that's also for everyone out there that especially people getting into the game or want to get better at the game i got better at the game when i played gargants because everything that is the base level part of the game is everything that matters to a gargant player you know your movement your redeploy your resource management everything that is just the bare bones it's all really important 
I don't have to worry about 20,000 spells for my Zinch hero phase so that I can also summon a Lord of Change at the same time. I don't care. I don't cast spells. I cast Flaming Weapon. But every other bare bones rule that exists in this game and resource in this game, it all matters. So if you want to get better just the the game, get Gargans. Second last question I'm bringing up from the chat is Lance10 saying, what are the best and worst matchups for Gargans in the meta? So I think I've already alluded to at least one of my bad matchups. But what what's your what's your best and worst matchups for Gargans in the current meta? So we we talked about um, control lists, can, things that can control the board and keep me from having good movement. I like to be mobile. Um, that is really hard. Uh, things that are a scalpel. Um, this these type of fulminator lists. And if you watch rerolling ones, Jack beats me uh, because I wasn't nearly aggressive enough on his scalpels. Yeah, you take four fulminators, you give them celestial blades, you give them a plus two to charge, teleport them in, and they can easily take out a gargant a turn uh, very easily. Uh, so those type of scalpel things that can confidently step toe-to-toe, charge me so I don't charge them, and uh, go toe-to-toe with me and take out a gargant a turn, it's that, that high DPS type scalpel. Um some of the things that I don't necessarily worry about is the things that don't have that DPS check or scalpels. Um, there's a lot of cool things that Sylvaneth can do where they run away and stuff like that. Um, but that's just in their turn. Like you're not fighting me in my turn. And I love that. I love it when I'm not in combat my turn, cause I'm still surviving and yeah, they have to keep that distance from me cause they're fragile. So a lot of the glass cannons are such a great matchup for Gargans because if I can plan myself right to get a charge on you and to get into you and fight and get that first combat in the combat phase, I'm just going to shatter you like glass. Uh, and that there take there's kind of a cat and mouse game to it of making sure I don't get charged by like witch elves and stuff like that. But uh, if things go right, going into glass cannons is is a really fun great time i think one other thing that's uh really caught me off in in some tournaments has been snake focused daughters of cain um because a buffed up unit of, of melee snakes and marathi pinned down and marathi pinning me down and i can only do three damage to marathi and she's pinned one of my four megas somewhere and she's got enough damage to pull down a mega especially if she gets the double turn and can fight in the hero phase. Yeah, that really scares me as a mega because I, I I will die really quickly. Yeah, when I was playing four megas, I went up against the list that was Gotrick and Marathi at the last LVO, and so as a as a four mega Gargant player, you walk up to that table and you're just like, "Can we drink beer? Like, do you want to play to Sigmar? Or can we just shake hands? We buy each other a beer and we we call it good." Because I have put three megas into Gotrick and it took me like three combats to take him down it's insanity uh so see Godric is another one i i see Godric in a tournament and was like please stay out of my bubble i don't want to play you we, we, at least we got the speed to be able to move around him yeah so absolutely we can ignore him especially and there's more objectives now than there ever has before so we can ignore him and go somewhere else on the table yeah um 
last question, um, and I think it's probably an easy one, is if you're going to add a new War Scroll to Suns, you have an opportunity to rewrite or build a new model, What's what are you going to add to Suns? So I'm going to let you stick with your Priest and Wizard, and I'm going to go a little outside the box, and this is weird, but I actually went and read the short stories of the Sons of Bamit that are you can find them on audible and stuff and they're they're funny and uh the flavor of them where the sons are mercenaries but then at any given moment they'll turn on the humans that they were just helping and everything else like they don't care i want food i want a unit that is like chaff that you can also just like scoop up and like turn coat and eat and like buff yourself i want some chaff in there that's not a man crusher as maybe it's like some humans, some grots, whatever, that you can also just kill them yourself and like buff your army, buff your gargant. I, I would love to uh, the little the little Johan model, the little running running person um, in the man crusher. I would love that to have some type of thing. Uh, it like could the be like toad. The, li- literally <laughs> coming out of my mouth, like the bloat toad, where yeah. it's a token and it, it's not a model, it's not a unit, but it's a buff piece in range. It could be like an endless spell where you move it around. It, it doesn't do any combat, but if you're within six inches of it, it does something. As long um, as you're running in the same direction oh, as yeah. it, you can what's run like, and charge. Well, it could be like, uh, uh, what's it called? Um, the, the the pendulum, um, the Aether Void pendulum. It, it may, maybe it has to run forward. It can't run like either way, but it's running and you get a boost. I don't know, but I'd love to see some type of interaction with Johan because it's such a cool model that, yeah, that to me would be, and it's and it's and it's free. Like it's already in the kit. You don't need a new. He model. has no so. save. He has one wound. You can blow a stiff breeze and get rid of it. But as long as he's going that direction, you you can run and charge or plus three to move or whatever. It doesn't matter. So. Whatever, bear. I t- I would take it. Just give me some <laughs> rules. Mate, it's been two hours and 10 minutes. We could keep talking. Uh, funnily enough, like I feel like we've only scratched the surface. We could keep talking forever. And um, we could, we could, you know, there's a lot of great things with Gargans, despite there being such a few model. The great thing is if people want to hear more from you, um, I put your Twitter handle below, but more importantly, you are now a regular or a full-time member of the Rerolling Ones crew. So you can see Bear in action, playing Suns, playing other armies. If you see Bear playing another army, make sure to boo him and go, where's your Gargans? Why aren't your Gargans? <laughs> if he loses, you could say, hey, Bear, your Gargans wouldn't have lost that matchup. And just remind him. Uh, and more importantly, YouTube loves those algorithms. But is there anything you want to say? Any shout-outs? Um, there was a – yeah. What would you say, final? Yeah, just thank you so much for having me. This was an absolute blast. Uh, this is one of the – perks of being part of rerolling ones is that i get to do super cool fun things like talk to people like you and get on and talk about gargants and be a complete nerd for my giant models so uh thank you so much for having me absolute pleasure i will say that you were on my radar for about six months at least so you you didn't get (laughs) the invite because you're a part of rerolling ones i have noticed you and i just have been waiting for that reason for gargants and i think the current iteration of the general's handbook is a good reason to revisit and start thinking about how the proving grounds bonds of battle bounty hunters uh no hunters of the heartland all of these different things come into play and i think 
I've seen a lot of de demoralized Gargans players or people who have shelved them for, for whatever reason. Um, I think it's time to pick up the tone, peeps. And I think it's time to get yeah, stomping. It's, and it's, it's finesse. And I know that's crazy for this big bearded guy to say on YouTube, but you know what? Hit me up, hit me up on any type of social media, you know, because of the channel, we're out there on all of them. Find me, ask me questions, you know, talk shop. I love it. And, you know, I love seeing people going out to the GTs with Gargans and, and do well. And then especially like you got to look full circle though. If you're going to hit me up on social media, then go to a GT. Don't leave me hanging. Let me know how it went. You know, I, I want to hear the great stories. I want to see the great models. I want to see all the kit bashes and stuff because I love it. You know, I love all it. right. Well, go follow Bear on Twitter. Go show me kit bashes. I might even take a few photos of my kit bashes and share it with you. So expect your Twitter to blow up. You're an absolute legend. Thank you so much for the chat. If you enjoyed the chat, you know what to do at this particular point. Press like, leave a comment. Let me know what your thoughts are. Let me know how you're playing Suns. And um, hopefully I see more of them rise to the table. I'm sick of looking at BCP and seeing Nighthorn and Sylvaneth and all these other idiots with flags up on the top. And we are not. So um, <laughs> let's wrap it up here. Josh Cray saying you and Bear are literally cut from the same mold. I feel like this is like the destruction look, I think. Like even Haywo, Haywo's, a, you know, like we cut from the same cloth. Yeah. This is my Australian brother, and I can't wait to hang out at LVO. It's going to be great. <laughs> well, yeah, if you have me to LVO, like, let's hang out. I might bring some Aussie beers with me or something. Let's see what customers. Oh, heck yeah. I'll bring some Seattle beers. We'll trade. Can't wait. Love it. All right, let's end it here, folks. Thank you so much for joining the live stream. Thanks for listening to it on replay. Bear, thank you for all the rich insight, and uh, I'll chat to you all later. See you, peeps. Thanks for hanging around until the end. I hope you enjoyed that video and you walked away with a few new ideas. If you did, I would love it if you pressed like on the video, as well as left me a comment to let me know what your thoughts are. The conversation will continue over on Discord, and the link is down below in the video description. I want to give a massive shout out as well to the AOS Coast Patreons and YouTube members who are going in and the funds are supporting the channel and the growth that you're seeing here. So cheers, you're all bloody legends. And until next time, don't roll a one on a redeploy.